It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we're back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And the gang's all here. Ryan Epling, James Collier, and Coach Rick Marone has found the studio. He's got through the stringent security and has made it here tonight as well. Uh, Coach, good to have you back. Hashtag budget cuts for him getting past security. <laughs> Not only past security, but also in the wrong outfit tonight, but uh, always one to stand out. Great to be back in the studio with you. I've been uh, able to touch base from afar. You guys done a tremendous job, and as you said, Ryan, the holidays are over, and we're in the basketball neck deep and ready to go. Well, we're glad that you're not stuck in traffic again like you were uh, three weeks ago now, which was the last time we came to you, which was December 18th. And uh, a lot has happened between then and now uh, across the state of West Virginia in high school basketball. Um, we're going to touch on a lot of uh, subjects that um, kind of go a little bit beyond the game. But, of course, uh, earlier this week, learning of the transfer of uh, the Mary Ostrowski Award winner from last year as State Girls Basketball Player of the Year, Tara McCutcheon, uh, leaving Parkersburg South to go to uh, school in Michigan. She's already uh, signed with Michigan State, but she's going to uh, finish her high school career uh, near East Lansing. She's actually, I believe, going to be about three miles away from the Michigan State campus. We'll talk about that. High school basketball, there are some rivalries tonight. The Wyoming County rivalry is uh, in full effect tonight and uh, a tight ball game in New Richmond tonight between Westside and Wyoming East. We'll talk about that. We'll also tell you right now, a team scored 116 points tonight. It's a lot. <laughs> that, was, that was a great segue, and you just blew it. You go over the century mark, and you tease it, and you go, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of points. Uh, but, but we'll talk about that Did as well. Did you wait three weeks to, to come up with that line? I've been working on that one for a while now, yes. Uh, how to quantify a lot. And I came up with 116. You, being, you, you know a, a young man or a man that we know all too well is sitting there going, yes. he's just shaking his head right now. <laughs> well... Let's just say over the course of my radio career, that's happened quite a bit. But nonetheless, we're here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We know that you're here to get scores. We're working on continually updating the scoreboard. Of course, you can visit the, the website, basketballnight.com. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. Get all the scores from across the state of West Virginia. If you want to call in, all you have to do is uh, give us a call at one 345 Four seven zero nine. A lot of basketball to talk about tonight. Boys and girls high school basketball across the mountain state. Thankfully, another night of uh, pretty good weather. It's a little bit of a rough morning, um, but I don't think any games were affected by it. Uh, so we're in good shape. Also, just want to let you know that as of earlier today, I'll have to, to ask our uh, our director slash producer slash man behind the scenes for sure on this, uh, Marcus Constantino, but. We were only missing three scores from the entire state for the entire season. Yeah, for all the way through 2015, after the turn of the new year, we had three scores that were not in the database. So uh, whether those have been correct or not or not, but uh, for as many games that uh, flew through in that first uh, three weeks of the season, that's, uh, that's pretty good. 
doing doing well in that regard, doing well in the weather count. And again, Coach Marone, good to have you back as always. And uh, back as always. Think about that. Anyway, but uh, good to have you back. And uh, You're on a roll tonight. I right? am, man. Starting right out, right out of the gate. Welcome to 2016. And it feels like we're doing the first show over again in a way. No, let's, not, let's not, not go from, back there. Not from a technical standpoint. <laughs> Guys have done a fantastic job of, of taking care of all that. But got to get, get back settled in. We're with you again until midnight. And, of course, we'll have a scoreboard update in just a moment. I'm getting James uh, a couple of extra minutes. Yeah, we're getting a lot of games just going final. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll push that out till maybe about 10 after, and then we'll get that first run through. Yeah. So, uh, Coach Moreau, let's talk a little bit about uh, your Lady Rebels for a moment. The uh, Tulsa girls basketball team, 5-3 and three on the season. And uh, really, um, we, we talked about it a little bit a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago now, but uh, – your point guard, Dina Geralds, is a freshman, and she has had some big games already this year, uh, averaging over 20 points per game, I believe. And, uh, you know, your, your ball club starting to resemble those old running rebel teams of, uh, of not too long ago. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been an exciting start to the year. We had a rough, rough start to get, uh, to get go. Uh, played a real difficult schedule. We always try and play good non-conference schedule. And, Got knocked off a couple of, uh, you know, AAA teams, George Washington. Uh, we lost to Grafton in a tough game. But, uh, you know, since the new year turned and uh, we've gotten into conference play, we've been on a pretty good run with four in a row. And uh, uh, got a lot of young players, uh, several freshmen, uh, including Dina uh, and sophomores, juniors. We just have one senior. And, uh, you know, so we're, we're kind of a work in progress. But it's exciting. And like you said, uh, if we have our druthers, we'd rather be wheeling and dealing. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of perimeter-type players and athletic kids. So we're fun to watch. It's not always uh, soothing if you're a coach. It can be stressful at times, but uh, they're fun to watch. So we're excited about the new year. Before we get into the scoreboard, let me just run over the uh, the guest list as of now. Uh, we're scheduled to hear tonight from Ryan Carter, head basketball coach of the Riverside Warriors boys basketball team. Also from Stephen Nutter. He's the head coach of the Webster County boys basketball team. We'll also have our standout athlete of the week. Coming up in our second hour, we'll also hear from Huntington girls basketball coach Lonnie Lucas and from Huntington boys player Tavian Dunmartin. He's an Akron signee. I was actually watching a little bit of the zips on. He's actually at that game. He's going to call us from from the (laughs) arena after they finish. The jar in Akron, as it was uh, lovely called, James A. Rhodes Arena. Also, uh, in our final hour, we will hear from Wayne Ryan, head coach of the Summers County girls basketball team. Uh, they picked up another big win in uh, uh, tonight, and uh, a game that was uh, within their within their region. Seventy six thirty four. Yeah, yeah. They, and the Justice Twins. One is over a thousand points. Are they both over a thousand? I don't know. Now? I'll have to double check on that. I know Whitney got her one thousandth point earlier in the week, and it was it was a pretty surreal night because her sister Brittany gave her the assist for the one thousandth point. So we'll have to ask. Uh, uh, coach ryan about that but uh every night i see scores roll through and um their their daddy i think it's their dad that always sends me text messages and stuff and he's like here's their stat lines and every night it's 35 25 27 28 36 and it's like wow i mean they're, they're just if they're not both over 1000 that the britney has to be so close but that's one thing we'll definitely have to check with coach ryan to see how close she is or if she may have already eclipsed we'll also check in with the uh 
you know, we'll, we'll update you on the Poker Boys basketball team who saw their winning streak come to an end in the Beach Ball Classic in Myrtle Beach, where they lost twice, uh, including to a school that I'm familiar with. And I'll explain that much later in the program. That's going to be a little story time there <laughs> when we get there. So there's a tease ahead. Why do I feel like Cause is going to be involved in this? <laughs> you know, Cause actually won't be, but it will, it will be sort of like that. It, it, will, it will be uh, a lot like Rick Kozlowski's uh, stories with uh, Martinsburg. Of course, we hopefully we'll hear from him tonight as well. But we know you're here to get scores. And, James, let's fire it up with our initial basketball Friday night scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com for all of your scores from around the Mountain State. We'll start first with the girls. It was Tucker County over Notre Dame, 59-51. Last check of St. Albans and Parkersburg. It was at the end of the third quarter, and the Red Dragons easing past the Big Reds, 48-31. Pocahontas County, a 10-point win over Moorefield, 40-30. Fayetteville, 71. Liberty Raleigh, 27. Greater Beckley Christian knocks off Tug Valley, 47-35. It was Frankfurt, 65-40 victory over Mountain Ridge, Maryland. Independence falls to Nicholas County, 77-33. Pikeview defeats Riverview, 58-47. Cameron, a 17-point victory over Tigers Valley, 47-30. Huntington moves to 10-0 on the season with a 71-36 drubbing of Ripley. Greenbrier East returns the favor and matches Huntington's mark of 10-0 with a 69-55 win of its own over Jefferson. Lincoln in AA moves to 9-0 with an 80-40 victory over Kaiser. Spring Valley uses a 48-9 second half run to knock off Woodrow Wilson, 86-28. Summers County, 9-0 in AA, 76-34 win over James Monroe. Checking the boys... It was Petersburg over East Hardy, 51-43. Southside Ohio, or excuse me, Shadyside Ohio, gets a tip in from Chase Wade at the buzzer and defeats Cameron, 60-58. Wheeling Park behind Phil Bledsoe. Marshall commits 36 points, defeats Brooke, 66-60. Bridgeport gets past Grafton in a great one, 73-68. The final for the Indians. Polka. Moves to 7-2 with a 93-43 win over Chapmanville. It was 100, knocking off Clay Battelle, 68-57. Ryan talked about it at the top of the broadcast. One team eclipsing the century mark, and that was Fairmont Senior. 116-52 over Elkins. Darius Nunn, 33 points in the win. Martinsburg, 40. Hedgesville, 33. That game in the third quarter. It was Jefferson with a win over Spring Mills, 61-36. Barnesville, Ohio, defeats John Marshall, 65-58. It was Logan knocking off Princeton, 51-37. Morgantown sustains Park South and knocks off Park South, 82-71. Phillip Barber gets past North Marion, 67-63. Notre Dame, 57. Tucker County, 43. Magnolia, 12-point win over Payton City, 76-64. Tulsa 52, Wayne 33, that's at the end of the third. Wyoming East leads Westside 66-59, 25 ticks left to go in the fourth quarter. Pocahontas County leads Moorefield at the end of the third, 45-27. And it was Tug Valley 
on top of Greater Beckley Christian with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter, 55-47. That's the first check of your scoreboard here on Basketball Friday Night. Thank you very much, James. One score that stuck out there to me was Morgantown going to 8-0 with the win in boys basketball over Parkersburg and they South. And they came back on that. They trailed much of that contest and, and found a way to, to respond and get the win. That's a nice win for them tonight. And uh, that was one of those games I, kinda, I was looking through their schedule today and I said this is one of those signature games that we're going to find out what Morgantown is truly about. And I think that, that says a lot about – a team in Class AAA that may be able to, to stand up and run with Huntington. It'll be interesting to see what those two can do when they uh, they interlock sometime down the road. And Coach Marone, some people who may not have been familiar with the type of competition Poca played in the Beach Ball Classic saw them get beat soundly, which it was a game that was on, on TV actually uh, by a team from Georgia, and then get get beat by Mullins, South Carolina, as well. Uh, they answered any questions with a 50-point win tonight over Chapmanville Regional. Yeah, I think uh, you got to give them credit. I mean, uh, stepping outside the the state, basically, and taking on uh, some nationally ranked teams. Uh, of course, Polka, the, the streak that they had here in state and uh, the championship, they know the bigger pictures to try and go back-to-back, and that's a, a challenge they're willing to take. And i got to commend them for, for stepping up. They went out of state. They adjusted their schedule. There's actually some nuances there that – we may get into more in depth later. They're actually they had to loosen up their schedule and get a couple games freed up. Them and Tulsa are actually only playing one game this year that they designated as a conference game. It's a neutral site game at the Hatfield McCoy Shootout next weekend. Uh, that's the only time they'll play. So Tulsa worked with them. They freed up a game and uh, enabled them to go. So great exposure, not just for Polka, but like you said, national audience and high school basketball in West Virginia. Showed well. They did uh, run into some teams that uh, had some firepower, to say the least. <laughs> and and how about – and this is a school, obviously, you're very familiar with, the Tulsa Rebels boys team. They won one game last year. And uh, this year, off to a fantastic start. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Coach Smith, uh, Mike Smith, give him all the credit. Uh, again, uh, lately been known for football. Uh, his team went to the state finals this year, was runner-up to Bridgeport. But he kind of made his mark, if you will, as a basketball coach. He won the Class AA championship in 1998 at Tulsa, the last championship in boys basketball for the Rebels. And he came out, and, right, he got a lot of the athletes out that had not been playing the last couple years. Uh, Not necessarily the most skilled, but he's got some skill players. He's got some athletic kids, and uh, he's going to have them ready to play. So they've got off to a great start. If they hold on tonight, they'll be at 7-3 and through 10 games. Uh, And as you said, they won two combined games the last two years together. Right now we'll step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will be joined by the head coach of the Riverside Warriors boys basketball team, Ryan Carter. His team off to a good start this season as well. We're just getting rolling on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them, visit us at basketballnight.com. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've gone till 11.45 tonight. And then we'll share the voting results. This week, which girls basketball team has the best chance of repeating as state champions this year? St. Joseph Central, Morgantown, or Sissonville? Last week, you chose boys to repeat. Polka received 50%, Magnolia 27%, and Huntington 
23%. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. We'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. Call toll-free 1-855-345-4709. 855-345-4709. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Text the show with scores and any information you'd like to give us on the players. 304-249-4924. 304-249-4924. Go to our website. Check out the scoreboard. Find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. Shout out to some of our new followers, including John Haynes, Madison Webb, Caleb Fuzzy Adkins, Corey Suter, Angelina Smith, and Highlander Fan. Join us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Basketball Friday night. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 9-17 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Glad to have you along as we navigate through the high school basketball season and through our uh, first show of the new year. Again, I hope all of you had a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year out there. And Of course, I think once you get to a week later, the happy new year ends like you're 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 into it it's it's basketball time uh and one team that's making some noise i mean obviously there are quite a few already but still in the early portion of the season is the riverside warriors they are seven and one and uh that boys basketball program i remember it's been maybe 15 years or so ago now they were really really good saw them in the msac championship game uh then and uh at times it's been it's been rough there but uh off to a fantastic start ryan carter is the head coach of the warriors he joins us now coach uh first off welcome to basketball friday night in west virginia hey thanks for having me your ball club seven and one on the season and uh, just tell me a little bit about getting off to a good start and uh, how is your team compared to where you would like it to be right now? Uh, I'm really excited with how, how we are. Uh, we have, uh, so far, one thing that I haven't been able to complain about is our, our team chemistry and, and the effort that they put forth. Um, we're, we're, we're actually 6-1, uh, but we we played some quality opponents. Uh, I, I don't think we we lost a t- tough one to South Charleston the other night. But uh, I think we're pretty pretty happy with where we are. But we know we have to get a lot better. Well, yeah, your one loss on the season as you mentioned was to South Charleston, a five point loss earlier this week. Uh, wins though over Winfield, uh, a good win over Charleston Catholic too. And, and I know sometimes people get caught up in the AAA double-A, single-A classifications, but for your program, I mean, Charleston Catholic, a win, South Charleston, a tough loss. 
that that has to open some eyes in its own right. Uh, absolutely, we're, uh, we're 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 trying to turn the program around and, and get things going the right way. Charleston Catholic is always a great team, uh, well, very well coached. Uh, South Charleston, you always know what you're going to get. Uh, but but we're, we're, I, I think the boys are, are are bought into the fact that until we until we win a big game against the South Charleston Capitals, Woodrow, Huntington, uh, some of those big guys, uh, we're, we're over more victories. We we know we should be on the map, and and we, we should be competing with all these teams. Coach, you talk about that fast start that you've had to the season, and you've got a, a, a very gritty schedule coming up with the next couple of weeks, but you close out the month with some of the top teams in Class AAA, including a trip to Huntington. Tell me about how that big start is helping the confidence of the kids, of getting them ready to make that big push, and really being a measuring stick of letting you know where you stand up against the other teams in the top of the state. Absolutely. Uh, so so far, our, our, our confidence is definitely where it needs to be, um, and we're excited. We're, we, we like I said earlier, I think we our boys know, and, and our my, myself and my coaching staff knows that we can compete with anyone in the state, and uh, and we're we're excited for we're excited for Huntington. We're excited for the Woodrow's. I, I actually, uh, along with all the other coaches in the MSAC, we were at that Woodrow Huntington game. Uh, it, it was a great game. Uh, we're, we're excited to see how how we do against them. Coach, your team's shown some, um, you know, I'm sorry, looking ahead to the schedule here, I should say. Uh, it gets a little bit stringent in that game schedule. And correct me if I get anything wrong here, but we've got a game schedule for you tomorrow against Nitro, um, Monday against Greenbrier East, Wednesday against Cabell Midland, and then next Friday against Hurricane. So a four-game in seven-day span coming up here uh, and that's also not discounting the fact that you just played last night and played three nights ago as well. So you're you're in a stretch of the schedule where you're playing basically every other day. Yeah, and it's rough. Actually, Greenbrier East called called today. We we were we, re, we rescheduled the game for February seventh. Uh, that they had something going on at the school, so we couldn't get in. But we uh, so yeah, we we're in a very daily, basically routine of playing. Uh, and, and it's tough as a coach. We, there's so many things that we want to correct, but we can't go out and, and practice the three three hours of grueling practice like we used to. We, we have to cut it back some, but we also know that that these boys play four or five games a week in the AAU, so so they can they can handle a little bit of uh, pressure the day before a game. Coach, when you're looking ahead and you're trying to build a program that you're getting to Charleston and a chance to go at a state title, how important is it to have the familiarity of being able to play on every other day when you know that depending on how you, your draw goes, you're going to play either a day and have a day off and then two consecutive or have to play three consecutive days to get to a state title? Absolutely. That's why I preach to my kids that, that no matter who we play that day, the, that, that game is the most important game on our schedule. And we have to be ready to make improvements and adjustments on the run. Uh, I actually, the other day, I didn't like the way our, our base office was running, so I installed just a little kink in it. And, I, and last night we ran it perfectly. I was very proud of the way our kids played. Well, Coach, uh, another, uh, again, the, the schedule, maybe not favorable in terms of just the, the night-in-night-out grind coming up, but uh, just from, from your win over Winfield last night, a lot of balance there. Josh Carpenter, 16, Zach Warden, 11, Henry Barron, uh, Houchins, and I apologize if I get that uh, mispronounced, but nine points, and Dejon Watkins, eight. 
has balance really been the story for you this season, or was that just uh, the yeah. way things worked out last night? No, that's uh, absolutely. Uh, my, my So far this season, we've been extremely unselfish. And actually, my starting shooting guard went down with a concussion second quarter against South Charleston. But before that, uh, at one point in our season, I think game five, all of our starters except for one were averaging double digits, and that one that wasn't was at nine. So uh, we've been very balanced, unselfish. Uh, uh, we're just trying to get the win, no matter how what it takes. Well, the Riverside Warriors back in action tomorrow at Nitro and Coach Ryan Carter. We congratulate you on a great start, and we certainly wish you the best of luck uh, throughout the remainder of the season. And hope to get to talk to you again at some point in the next uh, next few weeks. Hey, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. All right, that's Riverside High School Coach Ryan Carter. Big thanks to him for joining us here tonight as well. So right now we're going to go back to the phone lines and the battle for Wyoming County bragging rights. Always one of the more fun games and something that that we've we've noticed and I think anybody could tell you over the years is that there are years where both those schools are – quite frankly, state championship caliber. There are years where one is and one isn't. There are years where maybe neither is. And it has no effect on the atmosphere or the draw or the importance of that game in Wyoming County. Wyoming East picked up a win 69-61 over Westside tonight. Michael Knotts was there. He joins us now. Michael, another uh, chapter of the uh, Wyoming County rivalry, this one going to Wyoming East. Uh, yes, sir, and it was a battle tonight here in New Richmond. It's a privilege to be with you guys. Thank you for having us. John West is joining me here. We had the call of the game tonight, and what a game it was between the Renegades and the Warriors. The Warriors came out. The Renegades came out both playing very fast. Renegade Warriors opened up a big lead early, in a, an 11-point lead, but the Renegades fought back and at the end of the third quarter actually took the lead by one and uh, there was, they were fighting down the stretch, just back and forth, back and forth, and it was the Wyoming East Warriors who have the, a little bit of a height advantage. They have two players that are right at 6'5", and they call them the Twin Towers. It's David Cart and Cody Lester, and they were just absolutely unreal under there tonight. Cody Lester coming out, scoring a game high for the Warriors of 20 points, and uh, it was just a great night for the Warriors. But on the other side, John had the call with me here. Uh, the West Side was in this one all night, John, wasn't they? Yeah, not going away. Uh, down by 11-point deficit, but was able to kind of come back in there and make some things swing to their side. But they, they're you know, West Side's a young team this year. A lot of sophomores that they're just hoping to break out. Uh, you know, for that breakout game, it didn't. We were hoping, you know, on the West Side end that that the rivalry blood would bring it out of them. But they made some, uh, you know, unforced turnovers found themselves down by 11, but then found a way to, to, to really call some turnovers, get back into the game, and actually uh, six different times the lead changed. But then in the fourth quarter, they went back into Leicester, as Michael said, and card underneath the Twin Towers, and, and it was just Wyoming East there in the end. Tell me a little bit about these two teams here real, real quickly, um, because Westside, you mentioned they have a lot of young players uh, they had a very experienced team that made it to the state semifinals a year ago uh, with Justin Coger, and uh, he was obviously a big loss and a big cog for them. Will Fox, also a very experienced player um, who graduated as well. Uh, Westside, though, it, the future still looks bright for that program too, correct? 
Yes, uh, very, very. These sophomores, even last year when they were freshmen, you know, going undefeated in the uh, the ninth grade division, and uh, and well coached uh, by Shane Jenkins and, and Kyle Lust, and so they've been really trying to mature these these underclassmen moving up because they knew they were going to have to have them, knew they were going to have to need them. Uh, you, you still got some players here, Trey Calusi, uh, a senior, and Larry Cook was on that team from last year with. Uh, with Will Fox and uh, and Coger and everything, so they're still got a little bit of leadership on the team. We've noticed it for Westside beating Logan AAA there in overtime uh, uh, early on in the season, beating Scott in overtime as well. So their first two games is overtime. So getting some experience, but still making those underclassmen mistakes. But yeah, the future future is bright for them. We're just waiting for it to come out. And now let's talk quickly about Wyoming East. Things really couldn't have started the season much worse. Got beat 101-52 at Fairmont Senior in the season opener. Lost the next day out against Robert C. Bird by 14. But really, they, they, they've got things going back in the right direction. Picked up a very nice eight-point win at Bluefield earlier this week. It's hard to go into the Brush Fork Armory and get a win, no matter what caliber of team Bluefield has. Wyoming East has picked up its level of play after that uh, rough start to the season. Absolutely they have. And I'll tell you, uh, they went in there, went into Brushford the other night, and I'll tell you, they had something to prove. After uh, losing a close one last year, uh, when they weren't supposed to win last year, they went in there and almost pulled a victory out. I talked to Coach Roy Chapman after the game, and he said, boys, they wanted to get the monkey off their back and go into brushwork and play very well, and that's what they did. And back to, they went right back to Cart and Lester, and they just were able to move the ball up, the, up and down the floor. Uh, they moved the ball very quickly. And I talk about Cart and Lester, but Cart and Lester could not get the ball if it weren't for uh, Logan Blankenship. R.J. Bolden, Jonathan Sims, Alec Lust. These are the guys that are feeding them the basketball, getting it down to them, and they are just absolutely working in the paint very well together right now. Tonight, David Cart, Cody Lester was able to get in there. They were the defense, uh, I mean the offense allowed them to get free underneath the basket. Cody Lester was hitting some real nice jumpers on the left and right sides of the basketball uh, the basketball uh, court and he was doing a very nice job of controlling the pace of the game with the rest of the guys. And uh, the, this is a team, senior laden, that if they peak at the right time, they may have a chance this year of going back to Charleston uh, for the first time in a couple of years. But I'm still waiting, and John and I have been talking about, and it very could well be the year that we finally see West Side and Wyoming East both make it to Charleston. I, I'm still waiting for that. I don't. I don't know if uh, Charleston would be ready for the Wyoming County invasion <laughs> if that were to happen. But uh, guys, uh, we always appreciate talking with you. And you obviously had the game on Kiss FM tonight, and uh, always a pleasure. And we wish you uh, uh, a safe trip uh, back home tonight, even though it's probably not too far of a trip. But nonetheless, always uh, always a pleasure. And we yeah. look forward to talking to you again later in the season. Uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Michael and John there with Kiss FM out of Wyoming County, where Wyoming East picks up the win tonight over Westside. We'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll have another check of your basketball Friday night scoreboard, basketballnight.com. For all of your information on following this program, the show Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues in two minutes here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Some of our standout athletes of the week last year included Mackenzie Barker, Clay County Panthers, Emily Stoller, Fairmont Senior, Gavin Nichols, Clay County Panthers, Elijah Cuffey, Polka Dots, Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont Lady Bees. That was this season. Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete that made an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com. Click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. Join us online, basketballnight.com. And, hey, we want you to send us a tweet tonight, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. And if you're a new follower or you're interacting with us, we'll mention you on the air, including new follower Tristan Mitchell, Eddie Elmore, Derek Brill, and Mackenzie Hartman, at hoops underscore roundup. Basketball Friday night, your place to be on Friday nights. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. And 34, 9.34 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside... James Collier and Rick Marone, the gang, all here for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Happy to have you along. We're with you until midnight as we scan the Mountain State, getting all the scores of boys and girls high school basketball games played across the state and also uh, catching you up on the storylines. And before we get into, into this scoreboard, I remember two years ago we – we talked with the KISS FM crew after they called a Wyoming East West Side game. It sounded like they just called a heavyweight prize fight. It sounded like it, sound, it, was, it sounded exactly the same to yeah, me. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, I just I like that. And, uh, and Coach Marone, something we've noticed tonight before we go to James for the scoreboard here, there's no way there's a, uh, there's a collusion for everyone to schedule a rival game tonight. But my goodness, how many of them <laughs> are there going on tonight? All across the state, all divisions, really, single-A, double-A, triple-A. Uh, uh, again, the score will be rolling out here shortly. But uh, even in Class A, when you see Greater Beckley and Tug Valley – uh, getting it on, so to speak. Wayne and Tulsa, not the backyard, the side yard brawl going at it. And then, like you said, the uh, Wyoming Wyoming County Civil War, and not to mention the Tripway. Awesome matchups, and it's never really planned that way, James, but seems like sometimes the stars line up. And tonight, uh, I'm going to go ahead and dub it Rivalry Friday night, the first one of 016. Yeah, what a way to open up 2016 <laughs> with uh, Rivalry Week, uh, Rivalry Night, if you will. But uh, it, it is, and it's, it's always fun to get those games. And, and you see a lot of um, – 
it, when you get to the to the upper level, you start going to the colleges and stuff, and you're starting to see some of those rivalries kind of dissolve a little bit. It just doesn't have the pizzazz, and a lot of it comes down to money. And it, it some of the money f- just doesn't make sense to put some of those together. At least to some people, it doesn't. But in the high schools, it's always good to be able to keep those together. And the only thing I worry about sometimes is that, especially when you start dealing with a lot of the reclassifications that we're going to see next year, how that shifts up, messes things up. If it does. Can you still keep those rivalry games going? Because then you may have a triple A playing a double A or a, a single A playing a triple A, and that's that's not something that you want to see. Because then you start having teams worry about those those important elusive points. You can't afford as a triple A school to take a, a, a single A loss, even though, like you said, it may be two teams that literally can throw a rock out the back door and hit the other. Well, that, and that's especially true in football. Thank goodness for the basketball system that doesn't really punish you but i mean there's still a little bit of perception because there's a coach's vote that goes into your sectional seating and then your uh that sets up your route to charleston in many ways and also when you get to charleston you have a state seating so there is at least a little bit there and one thing i want to mention though before we go real fast to here here to coach marone on this but Logan and Mann continued to play while Logan was triple-A, Mann single-A, which they are at this moment. But the new classification, both are double-A. So they kind of meet in the middle there. They meet in the middle. And one that just popped out at me when James mentioned that is the Ripley-Ravenswood. You talk about that. That has been a long term. I think there's actually even a trophy that goes between them. The hatchet. <laughs> the, hatchet. the hatchet. I love it. you got to love it. Now you're going to have a triple-A Ripley, the smallest triple-A in the state. And Ravenswood going to class A. My brother-in-law, who's from Ripley, over the holidays while we're sitting around the, the turkey and the pheasant you know uh, we were talking about that and we were wondering do they continue to play in football like you said it's more geared towards points a lot less likely to play but that's a rivalry that's got to continue but do single way and triple way play basketball much more easy to work out we will get to bill nestor with wpbx voice of the robert c bird flying eagles in just a moment but first james another scoreboard update Lots of new finals rolling in. We'll start first on the boys and make a quick run through. It was Petersburg defeating East Hardy 51-43. Shadyside, Ohio with a tip in from Chase Wade at the buzzer. Defeats Cameron 60-58. Business as usual for Phil Bledsoe. 36 points, 20 rebounds, and a 66-60 win for Willing Park over Brook. Lincoln 78, Berkeley Springs 56. Bridgeport survives a charge by Grafton, and gets a 73-68 victory. Buchanan Upshur knocks off Liberty Harrison, 56-35. Polka, a 50-point win over Chapmanville, 93-43. It was the 100 Hornets, a 68-57 win over, the Clay, over Clay Battelle. Fairmont Senior crosses the 100 mark with a 116-52 beatdown of Elkins. Darius Nunn, 33 points in the win. Hoover, 70. Hannon, 29. Martinsburg, a 10-point win over Hedgesville, 61-51. Jefferson knocks off Spring Mill, 61-36. Barnesville, Ohio, defeats John Marshall, 65-58. Liberty Raleigh defeats Nicholas County, 85-74. Logan, a nice 14-point win over Princeton, 51-237. Morgantown comes from behind and knocks off Parkersburg South, 80-71. Philip Barber, a four-point win over North Marion, 67-63. Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, take out Tucker County, 57-43. Magnolia, a 12-point win over Payton City, 76-64. Williamstown, 45. Parkersburg Catholic, 40. 
Tulsa. The Running Rebels get a win over Wayne in the Battle of the Side Yard, as Coach Marone calls it, 71-55. Wyoming East, 69. West Side, 61. Lester with 20 for Wyoming East. Jenkins drops in 22 for West Side in the losing effort. Pocahontas County gets a 68-51 win over Moorfield. And Tug Valley defeats Greater Beckley Christian, 72-59. On the girls' scoreboard, it's Tucker County, a 59-51 win over Notre Dame. St. Albans, the Dragons put out the flames to Parkersburg, 63-48. Pocahontas County knocks off Moorefield, 42-30. Fayetteville defeats Liberty Raleigh, 71-27. Greater Beckley Christian, 47. Tug Valley, 35. Frankfurt 65, Mount Ridge, Maryland 40. It was Independence a falling to Nicholas County 77 to 33. Chapman drops 12 in for Nicholas County. Chloe Lane had 16 in the losing effort for Independence. Pikeview a 10 point or excuse me, 11 point win over Riverview 58 47. Madison made 29 points for uh, Pikeview. Katie Dobbs 20 for Riverview. It was Cameron defeating Tigers Valley 47-30. Ripley falls to Huntington as the Highlanders move to 10-0 on the season 71-36. Greenbrier East keeps pace in Class AAA, moving to 10-0 as well with a 69-55 defeat of Jefferson. Lincoln keeps its record unblemished in AA, 9-0 now with an 80-40 win over Kaiser. Spring Valley uses an 40 or 48 to 9 run to close out the game. Carly Alderman drops in 17 points for the Timberwolves as they win 86 to 28 over Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson. Summers County behind Justice as always. Brittany Justice 38 points, 10 rebounds. She scored 73 points in her last two games. Summers County 76, James Monroe 34 in her last score. Winfield 72, Riverside 24. Megan Carpenter, 20 points in the winning effort. That's a check of your basketball f- night scoreboard update. Thank you very much, James. We go now back to the phone lines to Bill Nestor, WPDX, voice of the Robert Seabird Flying Eagles. And Bill, I'm looking at our scoreboard here real fast before we get into it. And I had a we, we had a game scheduled between RCB and Lewis County tonight. Did that take place? It did. Yes, RCB. Uh pulled out a 56-46 win on the road at Lewis County this evening. So RCB now 5-1 and one on the season. And um, this, this ball club, of course, uh, just you know, not too long ago last year, we were talking, uh, or two years ago, we were talking about could they go undefeated. And then they, they made a fantastic run uh, into Charleston. But where does this team stack up? I know that they have the loss to Bridgeport uh, from last week. Bridgeport undefeated. But uh, RCB still uh, still playing high-quality basketball. They sure are. Of course, you know, right now RCB are just looking to pick up a little more leadership. They've got a, they've got a, a couple standout guards, Allstate and Luke Dyer. It seems to be pacing the team offensively and leading in most categories. They're just looking for some more offensive production in the paint area. Uh, a couple guys are stepping up. The quarterback of the football team, Julian Marino, has had an exceptional year so far, but uh, he and his cousin, Trey Jenkins, inside are doing a good job, but they're going to need somebody to really step up and be assertive, kind of pick up a third big man, if you will, 
someone a little bit bigger size-wise that can bang in the paint uh, and get the job done. They've got a couple guys that are doing that, and Juwan Jones-Wright and uh, Hunter Van Horn, those guys are starting to come on. So when you look at where this team is right now, it's a couple steps behind where the last few additions have been at this time of the season. But with a 5 on record, it's going to gain some confidence. This game's tonight against Lewis County. Uh, the Minutemen uh, really played hard, played well in the third quarter, had a 20-12 to 12 advantage to claw back into this thing, cut into the Robert C. Bird lead, and had it down to three. But RCB with a strong fourth quarter, uh, scoring a lot of points from the foul line. As a matter of fact, going 10-15 10, 10 from the cherry stripe in that fourth quarter was really the difference maker uh, for Robert C. Bird. So uh, picking up this win, a big confidence builder because uh, coming off the tough cross-town rival loss to Bridgeport last Saturday, really had a whole week almost to prepare for this one. And uh, really, it was, a, it was a big win for them confidence-wise. Luke Dyer led the way tonight, 18 points in the game, 15 for Ron Turner. That's a career high for the guard. And also Dante Spees, another guard with 10 points in the contest. So the guard play providing 75% of the offensive production tonight in the win of the minute man. Well, th- this was just the second time this season that RCB has been held under 60 points. I wanted to go back to that Bridgeport game on January 2nd. Um, again, Bridgeport undefeated, but the final score of that game was 39-26. What happened that night? Well, Ron, it was like watching paint dry, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. Uh, I've been doing games 20 years now, and that was the most uh, player-controlled fouls, charge fouls I've seen in uh, in all the years I've called games. Uh, I mean to tell you, it was tough to get into a flow. A lot of uh, moving pick calls as well. Double figures in moving pick violations. So there, there was really a, it was hard for both teams to get into a flow. The, four t- the, the halftime score was 14 to 8, and just really, really brutal. Uh, both teams played solid defense. I guess you could say that was a plus. But on the other end of it, shots weren't falling, and things just didn't go for either team. So it was definitely a, a hard game to call and a frustrating game for Robert Seaburn. And of course, when you, when you look at the way the sectionals in our area are set up, Teams play because they don't all play each other two times during the season. The only game that counts is the first game. So Bridgeport and Robert Seabird played that first one. That's the only one that counts in terms of seeding for the sectionals. And also when you look at home court advantage in the, in the postseason. So that game is so vital for them, and, and losing it means that Bridgeport has to lose a couple more games against sectional opponents, and Bird will have to stand defeated to get a chance to host in the sectional. So that's really a huge loss for several reasons on several different levels. But that, that game really hurt, it really stung. And then to have to wait almost an entire week to get back on the court, that was difficult for Robert Seabird. And, you know, playing against Lewis County tonight, getting the win was, was important for confidence uh, and trying to get into the flow as RCB has had uh, a lot of time off in between games. They had almost a week off before their last game going into the Bridgeport game, and then almost a week off in return here before they played Lewis County. So not getting into a flow, that's been a concern for Bill Bennett, the head coach, and his coaching staff. So as they head into next week, they've got a couple games uh, looking forward to Elkins on Wednesday, and then Friday they've got Fairmont Senior coming to town. And then the next two weeks they'll play three games in each of those weeks. So they should be able to get into a flow from that point on. But here in the last couple games, kind of sputtering just to find an identity and, and find some kind of offensive continuity. RCB and Fairmont Senior next Friday night. Bill, we're going to go ahead and book you for that one, uh, for, for Friday night's show after that one. 
That should be a great one. Hey, always a pleasure. Bill Nestor, WPDX, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate having a great rest of the show. Look forward to talking next week. Absolutely. That's Bill Nestor, voice of the Robert C. Burt Flying Eagles. We'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk from we'll talk with Eric Little, V96.9. He had the Parkersburg South Morgantown game tonight. And we'll also talk with the coach of a team who is off to an undefeated start that if you follow high school basketball in West Virginia, it will still catch you by surprise. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia returns here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit BasketballNight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all teams throughout West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com. Just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. We'd like you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to become part of Basketball Friday Night and part of the Basketball Friday Night family. On Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Email scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. Send a text with scores to 304-249-4924. Text your scores to 304-249-4924. Check it out, basketballnight.com. The Daily Hoops Roundup. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Make sure you vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results. This week, the question is, which girls basketball team has the best chance of repeating as state champion this year? St. Joseph Central, Morgantown, or Sissonville? And, of course, last week... We weren't here, but in the last question, Polka received 50% of the vote for boys repeat, Magnolia 27%, Huntington 23%. It's all on basketballnight.com. Make sure you get your vote in before 1145 tonight. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 10 till 10 here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as we are rolling right along. And speaking of rolling right along, first off, we'll tell you that we'll talk in uh, just a moment with the head coach of an undefeated boys basketball team, that has a big game tomorrow that, again, if you're not following really closely, it may catch you off guard that they're undefeated. We'll talk with him in a moment. But first, uh, we're going to go to Eric Little, V96.9. So kind of hold on with us uh, through the break there. He had the Parkersburg South Morgantown game tonight. And uh, Eric, uh, Morgantown is undefeated. And uh, Parkersburg South tonight falling to the Mohegans and uh, what was uh, really a back-and-forth game. 
Yeah, it was very physical. Uh, the officials kind of played things or let things go in a lot of ways. So a lot of physicality, and, and you had to like that. It was back and forth, and, and you know the, the officials let them play. And if that's the style you like, then, then you were a fan of tonight's game. Um, I, I'm a fan of, of two good teams being able to go at it, and that's what you had tonight. Uh, the only problem for Parkersburg South was that the defense, uh, Mike Fallon in our post-game interview called it probably the worst game our defense had played all year, uh, referring to his uh, Parkersburg South Patriots. A lot of easy layups on the other end from Morgantown. Uh, and, and that's the issue Parkersburg South having this year. That's a pressure defense that they put on. But uh, when that pressure defense doesn't create the takeaway uh, off, of, you know, off of a made basket and teams are able to break the press, uh, they're having trouble getting back on defense this year. And that was exemplified tonight because Morgantown had a lot of bunnies under the basket, and they converted on those. That's what teams that are 8-0 tend to do. Yeah, Parkersburg South uh, falling uh, at, at home to Morgantown tonight. And um, the Patriots, we, we talked about this ball club earlier in the season, lost a lot from uh, a last year's state runner-up team. Garrett Gilkison returns. Uh, and what was perhaps undervalued in terms of if you didn't follow them very closely last year, but they had such a strong bench now up into starting roles. Now, I know it's been a little bit of a roller coaster start to the season for the Patriots, but I've got to think that there's still uh, there's still signs that when the when the Pistons all get firing on the same night, that's going to be a tough team to beat. Well, there are a lot of really nice pieces on the current bench for the Patriots. And, and like you said, a lot of the players that made up bench roles last year, you're looking at guys like Cody Boggs and Colt Day, uh, Dylan Ward, uh, Jordan Hockman. Those four guys have come into the lineup to complement Gary Gilkison now. And they make up a pretty solid starting five. But tonight the Patriot bench put together 20 points in a game that was pretty tight. And it, uh, six of the eight Patriot threes came from the bench. And that was something that you don't normally expect to see from this group. Uh, the issue that the Patriots have been having with the bench is they'll get good, they'll get good minutes from that bench and they'll get valuable contributions, but they just hadn't been getting the points uh, other than until maybe the last few minutes of, of a blowout game. But tonight, in a tight game, 20 points off the bench, a lot of threes, and that bench sparked the Patriots, so there are a lot of nice pieces off the bench. Shane Snyder, for one, is an outside threat. He had three threes tonight, uh, a post presence as well when he doesn't have to go against the 7-7. The uh, Elvin McNally uh, of Morgantown. Uh, on many nights, he can be a post threat, and that's how I think Snyder will develop. He's just a sophomore. Seth Fallon, the coach's son, is a freshman, and he is capable of stepping up the bench and providing a spark with a three here and there. Uh, Andrew Myers and Josh Wolf play great defense off the bench for the Patriots, and, and Wolf hit a couple big threes tonight, something he doesn't always do. So, again, and I'm probably leaving somebody out. So, there uh, are some bench players that can really step in and fill some nice roles. Um, I, for one, thought the Patriots played pretty well tonight. They were 21-24 from the free-throw line. Um, they, again, the defense the defense had its issues, as I mentioned a moment ago, with a lot of those easy Morgantown laps. But you get eight threes. Um, they didn't shoot the ball too poorly. And they got good minutes on their bench. So uh, a lot of the ingredients that you needed to have to beat an undefeated team were there. But uh, when you're playing an undefeated team, you'll have to play next to perfect basketball, and the Patriots just didn't do that on the defensive end tonight. Well, Eric, we, we, we're, we're running short on time, but I can't let you go without uh, addressing a, a major subject. I know you follow Parkersburg South Girls basketball as well and the transfer of Tara McCutcheon, but this week the, the Patriots won both of their games, uh, winning over Fort Fry, Ohio, 
uh, earlier this week, and then uh, a win last night over River, Ohio. Uh, those are two pretty good Ohio ball clubs, and Parkersburg South still able to get wins. And uh, how's that program moving forward right now? Well, somebody's going to have to step up, and a few somebody's are going to have to step up. It's uh, it's capable of being done. Uh, basically, Scott Stevens' girls are going to have to money ball it together and get the scoring that you're going to replace from McCutcheon uh, elsewhere. McCutcheon hadn't uh, put up great numbers this year. She struggled with some injuries. Uh, at some point, she, she had, a, had a shin issue, from what I was told. But the numbers weren't great. South had kind of had to adapt to fill in that role somewhat anyway. But uh, they've got a very deep bench themselves, and uh, they've got a lot of girls on that bench that would start elsewhere. Uh, were it not for the likes of Taryn McCutcheon. Uh, I think the big things that need to happen, they need to get, uh, they're going to have to get consistent efforts from their outside school that remains. That's Caitlin Bird, who, as I said to somebody this week, I think she might be one of the most underrated players in the state, if not the most underrated player in the state. And then their post presence is Anna Hayton, who grew from leaps and bounds in terms of her game from the sophomore year to junior year. Uh, it was often said of her last year in her junior year that uh, she might have been the most impressive player of the state tournament or, or the most approved player of the state tournament uh, from a lot of the um, uh, statewide riders' perspective. So if those two can continue the production at the clip you know, which they're doing, they've got a lot of other valuable contributors, people like Michael and Fallon, Brianna Haynes, that can step up. Jordan Johnson's a good ball handler. I expect her minutes to go up. And that's a team that has the tools to compete. They just kind of have to figure out you know, how to, to, to gel in the mess moving forward. Eric, always appreciated and uh, look forward to talking to you again uh, on down the road. All right, thank you so much, guys. That's Eric Little, V96.9, and the voice of the Parkersburg South Patriots. You know who's off to a fantastic start? The Webster County Highlanders. 8-0, undefeated. Steven Nutter is the head coach of that boys' basketball squad. He joins us now. And, uh, Coach, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and congratulations on to what is thus far a perfect start. Appreciate you having me on tonight. Well, tell me a little bit about this team because I know that from a statewide standpoint, Webster County has had a is a program that every now and then will will make a run toward Charleston, and it has in the past, but uh, maybe not necessarily on a year in year out basis. And I think it might catch a lot of people off guard to see eight and zero beside your team's name right now. At least people who aren't close to the program. Tell me from inside the program. Has this team played as well or better than you expected to this point? Right now it's exciting, uh, getting the ball up and down the floor, uh, scoring 80 points a game right now, shooting 45% field, 63% from the free throw line. So we're, we're scoring the ball. Um, the stands are filled. Everybody's out. We're doing it as a team. Uh, there's no, no one individual star. Um, each and every player is contributing. We're getting bench play. Some nights we're playing 14 guys. Uh, it's really exciting. Well, we, right now we got two guys in uh, 21 points, uh, Dalton Gray and Robbie Coger. Uh, Robbie Coger is a point guard. He's senior. He's also averaging um, seven assists a game, six rebounds, and four and a half. So it's, it, we got we got some players, uh, but, you know, we're doing this together. I mean, this is we're one team. Uh, we're shooting after one goal. Our region is uh, difficult in a lot of areas. So we're just trying to get through the schedule with as many ball games we can. Well, tomorrow night you will uh, play host to North Marion, and I, I know you were talking about uh, the stands field. Uh, sometimes it takes a little bit of time throughout the course of a season to kind of build that community support. How's it been up in Webster Springs so far? 
Uh, Brett Morris graduated uh, three years ago. He's playing at Glenville right now. Uh, they started a thing called the Webster Wilds uh, that year when they were seniors, he, Hunter Gibbon, and seven other guys. Currently, we're getting that back. The Webster Wilds are coming out, and they're all over the place. Um, currently, I'm traveling home from North Marion, and I know we're, we're up for a test tomorrow. they got a lot of really good kids, coach really well, uh, but I know my boys are excited for the test. We like playing these teams in our region, seeing uh, what we're going to be going up against at the end of the year. Uh, so we're ready for the task, and uh, Webster County is definitely excited for what's going on. Well, the Webster County Highlanders are 8-0 and and will play tomorrow against North Marion and then next Friday against Ravenswood. Coach, when you, Coach, when you have the, the start that you've had this season, how much do you use that to build the confidence that you want to – get in your team when you get into the dog days of of the season especially that late january february push trying to make that push toward charleston well it's taken three years here to get us playing the way this group needs to play tallest kid is playing is listed at six two but he may be six foot uh, going all the way down the hallway down the bench so the style we're playing is taking a little while to um, come about in a form where we're going to be successful and we know games are going to get hard uh, we also uh, realize this at practice time. Uh, we, we we played teams. Uh, everybody on your schedule is tough. Every win you receive every year is a, is a good win. But they realize what's coming up. And I love seeing the intensity level uh, rise up the last few days. We've had kids earlier in the season, um, bloody eyes, had to go get stitches. Uh, concussions have happened. Rolled ankles have happened. Those aren't necessarily great things you want happening on the team, but it's exciting stuff to see in the gym at practice intensity, the physicality, and we know that that type of play is what's going to lead us to our ultimate goal. Um, so hopefully the boys keep going hard, we can stay healthy, and we can just keep it rolling. Webster County boys coach Stephen Nutter, we thank you for joining us tonight, and uh, your team off to an undefeated start. Wish you the best of luck tomorrow at home against North Marion. I appreciate you having me on. Webster right. County is ready to rock and roll tomorrow. Hey, sounds like a blast. That sounds like a uh, you know, if we ever took the show on the road, that's the type of place that's we would go. We, yeah, we've got we've got to take the show on the road sometime. We, you know, how much of a technical nightmare that would be. <laughs> hey, we could pull it off. We could. We've got if the guys we can who get could. Through honestly, week one, we could do anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right now, we've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll get a scoreboard update. We'll also hear from Dave Morrison. He covered the Wyoming East West Side game for ESPN Radio, and. Uh, we may have an, uh, an announcement with him as well. It's always possible. It's always possible. And our resident referee, Bo Anderson, will join us as well. We're going we're gonna to talk what has been deemed by uh, one of our buddies who covers high school basketball very closely, the, the Blarge. <laughs> the block charge simultaneous call. Oh, how many of those did I get to see over it, Christmas break? Exactly. I'm going to talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about all that when we come back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 
97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers, you can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Armstrong Digital Channel 204, Comcast Channel 25. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. Thank you to all the stations carrying basketballnight.com, and thanks for all of you tweeting us tonight with scores. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Basketball Friday Night. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10.05 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. And wow, this is, wow, we've got a story that we've run across. Yeah, in the break, we just received a tweet that that went flying across Twitter that uh, was an update from the Martinsburg-Hedgesville game. We did have a final. Another rivalry game. Another rivalry game. Uh, The game had gone final with Martinsburg winning 61-51. The issue that we found out during the break was this game was ended early as an assistant coach for Martinsburg, was arrested and removed from the gymnasium. The game was stopped. We're trying to touch base with Rick Keselowski. He was not there, but he does have details regarding the incident. We're trying to follow up with him. Any information that we can get regarding the situation, we will pass along. But uh, Rick Barone, rivalry night has gone to the next level. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, over New Year's, one of my favorite uh, little things to do is the Twilight Zone. You know, they have the marathon. It's all the originals, the black and white ones. But I tell you what, it's almost like being in the Twilight Zone. When you think about the rivalries that escalate to the point, there's police involved. That always does take it to another level. But with a coach involved, too, something I haven't really heard of actually since an incident in Logan County, which we won't get into a while back. (laughs) But I tell you what, Ryan, uh, though when emotions are heated and the fans are – jacked up i mean it can it can over overflow well okay first off before we get too far and we'll get a scoreboard we'll hear from dave morrison and justin Owen, or resident referee bo anderson as well but uh coach marone was at a, the same game i was at last night coach skeen from sissonville was there as well it's kind of like a mini cardinal conference get together <laughs> uh at the wayne chapmanville girls game wayne won that game 48 40 lady pioneers now eight and two off to a really good start their two losses by one point each but in that ball game, we saw 
Chapmanville Regional head coach Dave Williamson be ejected in the second quarter. And it was just, I hadn't seen a coach ejection in a long time. Um, and, and you just go to the second game uh, you know, that I've been to in a while. We'll actually talk with uh, uh, one of the uh, players for Chapmanville Regional here in just a moment. Uh, about, but and we won't talk about that because that's really not important in the grand scheme of things. But from a one night thing, I mean, wow! I mean, tempers can flare, and sometimes things are misheard, and, and that can lead to things uh, kind of escalating because of a lack of communication. Well, I tell you what, Ryan, uh, and, and I, I was at the same game you were at too, and uh, Coach Williamson's a good friend of mine, and uh, I know he's always such a great professional. I'm sure there's other backstory there, but I, I want to just uh, touch on what uh, we've talked about before. I, I really believe that one of the things that's escalated some of this is the social media. I mean, you've got a lot of things that are boiling to the surface, and James, you monitor, and you're kind of on top of that much more than I am, But and then you get to a ball game, and then there's emotions, and you've got all that stuff that's kind of been going on in cyberspace, and sometimes it can accelerate things and it, it can get out of hand. Oh, the Twitter sphere, as I like to call it, the Twitterverse. <laughs> uh, you can go Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, did I forget any? I'm, I'm certain that there's probably <laughs> some. There's there's something else out there. I mean, the only thing we're worrying about is, is Vista Talk or something. I mean, something that you can do instantly, but it's you can really get things going and get it ugly before, like you said, you even step on the floor. All right. Fifteen years ago, we would have found out tomorrow about what happened. Yeah, when you read it in the newspaper. Twenty years ago, we would have found out two or three days from now when word from Martinsburg made it to Charleston, and then it made it to Huntington, and and so forth. It found it happened just about an hour ago, and we're talking about it now, yeah. and we're six hours away. Yeah, that's 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 the world of technology that we have <laughs> going on for us right now. All right. Uh, before we go any further, we have to do a scoreboard update because we know that's what you want to hear. And uh, although we were, we're, we're a little bit out of, uh, of sorts here, we'll have Coach Marone give us the boys' scoreboard update, and then we'll have James Collier with the girls' update. Looking for scores, look no more. Basketball Friday night scoreboard update. We're going to start with the boys' action tonight, uh, starting right at the top. And I tell you what, a lot of great matchups tonight, uh, starting uh, in Class AA with Petersburg, 51 to 43 over East Hardy. Shady Side, Ohio, knocks off Cameron, 60 to 48. Oak Glen falls to Steubenville, Ohio, 52 to 46. Union, 81. Turkey Foot Valley, Pennsylvania, 37. Wheeling Park, 66. Brooks, 60. 78-56, Lincoln knocks off Berkeley Springs. Bridgeport, the Indians, 73-68, winner over the Bearcats from Grafton. Buchanan Upshur, 56-35, better than Liberty Harrison. Polka, back in the Mountain State and back rolling along. 93-43, Cardinal Conference win over Chapmanville Regional High School. 168, Clay Battelle, 57. Fairmont Senior, 116, Elkins, 52. 70 to 29, Hoover knocks off Hannon. Martinsburg, we just mentioned that game. It was 61 to 51 when it was stopped. Martinsburg over Hedgesville. Spring Mills falls to Jefferson, 61 to 36 is the final in that one. Also tonight, 65-58, Barnesville, Ohio over John Marshall. R.C. Bird, we talked about it earlier, 56. 46 winners over Lewis County. Liberty Raleigh defeats Nicholas County, 85-74. Logan, the Wildcats, 14 better than Princeton, 51-37. And in a tight one, Meadow Bridge, 72-70 over Midland Trail. 80-71, Morgantown knocks off Park South to remain undefeated. 
And also North Marion fell to Philip Barber 67 to 63, Notre Dame 57, Tucker County 40 or excuse me 57 to 43, 76 64 Magnolia over Peyton City 45 to 40 the Yellow Jackets of Scott Sorrow knock off Parkersburg Catholic tonight 70 42 Scott over Sherman Tulsa gets a win 71 to 55 over Wayne Greenbrier West 58 56 over Valley Fayette the Greyhounds fall by two South Galley Ohio 63 Wahama 57 Wyoming East 69 61 winners over Westside 68 51 Pocahontas County over Moorefield and Greater Beckley Christian falls by 13 72 to 59 to Tug Valley. That's your boys' update on the scoreboard update. Let's go to the girls' scoreboard now. Tucker County defeats Notre Dame 59 to 51. St. Albans over Parkersburg 63 48. Pocahontas County goes by 10 over Moorefield 42 30. It was Fayetteville over Liberty Raleigh 71 27. Greater Beckley Christian by 12 over Tug Valley 47 35. The Man Hillbillies knock off Montcalm. 34 to 31. Frankfurt, a 15-point win over Mountain Ridge, Maryland, 65 to 40. A 44-point victory for Nicholas County over Independence, 77-33. Chapman nets 12 for Nicholas County. Chloe Lane dumps in 16 for Independence. Pikeview 58, Riverview 47, Madison May 29 for Pikeview. Katie Dobbs 20 for Riverview. It was Cameron 47, Tigers Valley 30. Huntington moves to 10-0 with a 71-36 dispatch of Ripley. Greenbrier East also at 10-0, 69-55 win over Jefferson. Lincoln goes to 9-0 in Class AA with a 40-point win over Kaiser, 80-40. GW takes care of Nitro, 61-21. Spring Valley behind Carly Alderman, 17 points, 86-28 victory. Over Woodrow Wilson. Summers County, 76. James Monroe, 34. Brittany Justice serves up the justice system again. 38 points, 10 rebounds. She has 73 in her past two games. Final score on the girls, Winfield, 72. Riverside, 24. Megan Cavender, 20 points in the win. That's a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard. We are getting backed up right now. I know we've got uh, the phone lines are, are packed. Um, so, our best bet right now is actually to step aside and take a break. Then we'll come back and start rattling through all those. We'll have our standout athlete of the week. We'll also talk with Dave Morrison from Wyoming East to West Side game, Bo Anderson, our resident referee, Dave Wilson, WAJR. They're all on hold. We'll get with them when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. scores online all of them visit basketballnight.com if you love basketball there's only one place to be on friday nights and it's right here basketball friday night in west virginia high school basketball action in west virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in charleston stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with basketball friday night in west virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. 
at hoops underscore roundup. Thanks to everybody tonight that called, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We really appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball throughout West Virginia. Shout out to some of our new followers on Twitter, including Lauren Luck, FSG, Megan Eagle, Kayla, Price, Carol Terrell Jr., Pack Basketball, Missy Stewart, Hunter McDavid, La Familia, Alexis, Bailey Kirk, Paul White, and Melissa Kearns. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. Call us toll free 1 855 345 4709. 855 345 4709. Text the show 304 249 4924. 304 429 249 4924. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10-16 on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, James Collier, Rick Marone with you. Happy to have you along. And Yeah, we're fired up for tonight, as always. We're almost halfway through this show already. And again, the fastest three hours in radio. Sometimes our, our pacing kind of goes uh, a little ebb and flow. Well, you have a you have a major announcement to kind of throw a, about a 200-ton anchor down, and you have to stop and address it. And when it does, it kind of gridlocks everything. <laughs> like uh, our, our, our last coach gets arrested and the game is stopped. <laughs> it, you you have to stop. <laughs> that is news. That's, that's hard news, as we call it in the business. But uh, it's, it's kind of gridlocked everything like the uh, I-64 section was gridlocked back before Christmas, as Coach Marone says, oh, man, I remember that. <laughs> I've tried to block that out of my memory but uh, like you said it's like trying to steer an aircraft carrier when you're trying to get things shifted another direction we'll hear from dave wilson in just a moment we'll also hear from dave morrison in just a minute we'll hear from bo anderson later on tonight but right now let's go to our student athlete of the week she is madison webb of chapmanville regional high school she scored 24 points on monday as the tigers picked up a road win in the logan field house at willie acres arena 57-44 over Logan. And uh, Coach Marone and I actually saw her in action last night uh, when when Wayne defeated Chapmanville Regional. Wayne 48-40. But first off, Madison, congratulations and welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thank you so much. Well, earlier this week, that 57-44 went over Logan. That's a rivalry game. You had 24 points uh, and you're a freshman. <laughs> Uh, just tell me about getting to play in, in, in a ball game, which I'm sure that you watched a, a lot of growing up between those two programs, and then now being involved in it. Well, I was I was, I was hopped, and um, Logan, uh, most of the girls on the team, I'm really good friends with because I played AU with them, and I wasn't that nervous. And uh, it's been about seven years since Chattanooga beat Logan, and I was pretty happy that we actually. Uh, that streak. Well, Madison, first off, uh, congratulations, and uh, let's go down some of the accolades that uh, got you the award from the nomination. Uh, she's starting varsity as a 14-year-old freshman, a 4.0 student in her AP classes. The uh, game against AAA Logan turned in a double-double, 24 points, 10 rebounds, 
And then that's just what she's doing on the court. What she's doing off the court is just as great. She's Golden Horse Winter in Logan County, works with the Pep Club, the Prayer Club, the Junior Honor Society. She's also on the academic challenge team, has perfect attendance, and invited to the Governor's Ambassador Camp. Tell us a little bit about that. What is the the Governor's Ambassador Camp, and what do you get to do there? Well, over the summer, they invited two people from each county, and we we got to tour the Capitol, um, do each event with, like, different teachers from across the state. We got to do, like, music lessons. And then we each got to um, intern a person in, like, the government. And um, I got to intern uh, the state superintendent, Michael Monerano. And I, I made a bunch of friends. It was really fun. Well, you also got uh, you got an invite to Future Young Leaders of America in Washington, D.C. Tell me about the opportunity to be a part of that as well. I know in the letter it, it really said that we got to meet, like, doctors from Boston and delegates from all over the United States. That's pretty much all I know about that. We got to meet people from all over the United States and get to know them. That's all I really know about that. Well, Madison, on the court uh, last night, and I don't want to get too far into the the point of this, but um, your ball club uh, falling on the road at Wayne, that was a ball game, though, that in the second quarter you guys were down by eight and down by eight at halftime. Uh, your head coach had been ejected. I know there was a, a little turmoil there. Third quarter, you guys came out and, and and really turned that game around, ended up having a four- or five-point lead at one point before Wayne was able to tie it right there in the third quarter. But that, that third-quarter turnaround, just tell me about uh, having to overcome a little bit of adversity. And I know you fell short in the end, but I, I still think that there's a lot that you could gain from that game last night. Yeah, uh, we came in the locker room – angry, mad. And our assistant coach, Chris Gore, she um she got to talk to us and it got to us that we need to show Dave that we could do that. And she said, we need to come in here and at least get in a lead. And I guess we got hopped up. And people coming off the bench uh, really helped us because uh, to shine mix and us, we didn't have foul trouble. You well, you also took an elbow to yes. to the eye last night and, and played through that. First off, everything okay, and, and second off, I thought that really showed a lot of uh, grit and toughness too. Yeah, I, I kind of have a black eye; it's swollen. <laughs> but I was out there and I couldn't see; like it didn't hurt, but I just got kind of afraid that I couldn't see. Well, Madison Webb, our standout athlete of the week, Chapmanville Regional. It's four and five. I'll tell you right now that that team there's still a lot of season to play out, and a lot will be heard from that team. Congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week, and we certainly wish you the best of uh, luck throughout the course of the season. Thank you. All right, big thank you to Madison Webb, our standout athlete of the week from Chapmanville Regional High School. Dave Morrison of ESPN Radio, Wyoming East West Side, has been on. Hold for 26 minutes and 34 seconds. Bo Anderson would call that normal, but for Dave, it's not. <laughs> Dave it joins us now. First off, Dave, thanks for holding on with us there. And uh, Another typical Wyoming County uh, contest tonight. Another typical Wyoming County battle between Westside and Wyoming East. I know you guys gave the score 69-60. 
one. A little closer than that, it was 49-48 West Side. At the end of the third quarter, they stormed back from the 37-30 to 30 deficit at the half, um, really behind Shane Jenkins, who had 12 points in the third quarter. But Wyoming started the fourth on a 7-0 run and were able to hold on to that lead, made some free throws, which is a good thing for Roy Chapman's team. Evan made a lot of free throws this year, shooting right over 50% on the season, but they made them when it counted and were able to win this uh, battle of Wyoming County. I always say this is one of the top rivalries in the state. Best I've seen, I've seen Hedgesville and Martinsburg, and it figures that one of Kozlowski's teams would hold up things. I thought I was on hold behind Kozlowski for holding up 20, 26 minutes and 32 seconds. That's got to be some kind of record. It, it, it's a non-Bo Anderson Cos. record. I, mean, I, I might give the uh, weather report. Man, it's cold here. <laughs> it's very cold. Yeah, just another classic Wyoming County matchup. Shane Jenkins, a sophomore, had 20 points in one of these games last year as a freshman. Had 22 tonight to lead West Side. Larry Cook, 10. Um, on the other side, Cody Lester, 20 points from Wyoming East. Logan Blankenship, 17. David Carter, 15. John Sims, 14. So, really, uh, just another one of those in the classic line of what is a very good rivalry. Does that rivalry have a name? Uh, Battle of Waco. Uh, they, they named it several things over the years. I was actually at the first one in 2003, and uh, I tell you, it's uh, just when you think it might go down in stature a little bit, it hops back up. We had one point at the end of the third quarter. I did not see it, but I understand Nick Cook was in the student section west side jumping up and down, <laughs> getting the fans fired up. It, it's always, as kids say, lit in Wyoming town. Well, that's always uh, just again one of the one of one of the better atmospheres for a ball game. Any time that those two get together on the on the hardwood, and uh, of course, Dave with ESPN Radio, the, the ticket uh, officially in Hinton. Is that correct? Officially in Hinton, um, and I can give you a couple. I want to give a couple notes before I get up, and I know you guys are backed up. You mentioned Brittany Justice with a seventy-eight. I think in the last two games, she's had games. Her last four games, 30, 35, 35, and tonight, 38. It bumped her average up from 18.8 to 25.8, which is an incredible jump when you're right in the middle of the season. But when you score like that, uh, her sister, Whitney, just went over the 1,000-point mark against Woodrow Wilson earlier this week. Last night, Matt Ryan on the Summers County boys team went over 1,000 for his career, had 31, needed six, got it over with real quick, and finished with 31. So, Brittany should join the 1,000-point club here before uh, too long. I think sometime in February she should go over 1,000 points herself. So just uh, standout things for Wyoming County or uh, Summers County. And we're expecting a likelihood that Wyoming East, number one in AA this week, will be undefeated. And Summers County very well could be undefeated when those teams meet on January 21st, I think it is. First meeting in New Richmond. It could be outstanding, and expect it to be outstanding as well. And where I come from, you get you get the game ball when you score your thousandth point. And it sounds like at, at Summers County, the sporting goods store is probably going to make some pretty good money off this. Uh... <laughs> I don't know if they have one here, but I tell you what, they're <laughs> going to run out of balls if all these uh, players keep scoring a thousand points. Also, pipe beauty tonight, Madison May at twenty nine lowered her average. She was averaging 30 and a half points coming into that game. <laughs> well, That's the kind of evening that we are going through. You hear a girl score 29, it lowers her average. Yeah, I had an off night. <laughs> <laughs> One of those things. Yeah. And, and like I said, it figures cost with the 
a team from Kaz's area would clog up the, the situation. <laughs> yeah, it's always Kozlowski's Ka- fault. Kaz clogging it up, and he's not even here. He wasn't even there. And he's not even yeah. He wasn't even there. He wasn't here or there. Wyatt shirt over his coat. <laughs> exactly. We need that Eastern Panhandle. We need that Eastern Panhandle weather report. Boys, it's snowing and there shouldn't be playing. <laughs> uh, we haven't heard that one yet, but uh, I'm thinking we're going to. But uh, no, hey, Dave, uh, always a pleasure. And I know ESPN Radio uh, been working on some things, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you'll hear from us. Yeah, very hopefully. Soon. I, uh, I'm, we're hoping and uh, anticipating very soon that we can add the show. It would be a big get for us. I can tell you that right now. I enjoy what you guys do. You guys do always do a great job. We appreciate it, and always a pleasure to talk to you. And actually, that would be our pleasure to get onto ESPN the ticket. That's Dave Morrison from ESPN Radio in Hinton, West Virginia. Let's move right along to Dave Wilson, WAJR. He had the Morgantown Parkersburg South Boys game tonight. He does a lot of the Morgantown boys basketball games, also the, the football games for the Mohegans. And Dave, undefeated Morgantown, gets a win over uh, a high-scoring uh, Parkersburg South team tonight. Yeah, they did. And last year, Morgantown came down. Very similar situation uh, early in the season and got hammered at Parkersburg South. Uh, this time around, they came down and played pretty well. Uh, got up and down the floor, got up by as many as 15 there in the second half. Kenzie Melko had 27 tonight for Morgantown, uh, added to his highlight reel, a couple of highlight dunks in tonight's ball game. And the discussion I had really after the game was uh, with a couple of people, including the coach, was, okay, how, how good are you guys? Uh, you, you try to gauge how good these teams are based on the teams they play and trying to get a sense of how good Parkersburg South is, how good Morgantown is, how good Wheeling Park is up in the OVAC. And the general consensus is I, I think these teams are all pretty good. Uh, Morgantown has a couple of big guys with uh, Kenzie Melko and Elwood McNally. They go 6'5 and 6'7. They got some outside shooters, and they were able to put together what Coach Tallman may think is probably his most complete game to date so far. Dave, Dave, is this a team that is going to play teams inside out and and try to work the post and then open up that long-range shot, or are they going to take whatever teams give it? And kind of on the backside of that, is this a team that that matches up well with a team like Huntington that can pretty much score at will at any way that it has to to get a victory? Well, uh, okay, let's start with the least question. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes is really your answer to all that. Uh, what Morgantown really likes to do is, is get up and down the floor and get the ball to Kenzie Melko. Uh, they'll get him flashing on the backside, coming on the baseline. And if the defense is going to collapse around Kenzie, he's not a selfish player. Uh, if you're going to collapse two, three guys down on him, he can kick it outside. Uh, Steven Solomon, he can hit from outside. Nikki, Nikki Solomon, the younger of the Solomon brothers, uh, He's not afraid to take and drive the lane as well, and he only goes about 5'10". So they can do the inside-out. They can set up the outside shot. Uh, at times tonight, uh, they kind of look like Marshall, uh, getting up and down the floor, taking an open look, and taking the outside shot. So they've got guys that can do all of that. But what Coach Dave Tolman really preaches, and he gets this from his dad, defense first. And I think coming into the game tonight, teams were scoring uh, – just a tick over 40 points per game against them. So his first priority is keep the other guys from scoring, 
and our offense will kind of work itself out, and that's been the case so far. Well, speaking of Kenzie Melko, I want to back up for just a moment here. Three weeks ago against Elkins, he had a highlight reel windmill dunk. You can see that on basketballnight.com. Thanks to Joe Bricado at WDTV uh, for allowing us to share that uh, on basketballnight.com. That play ended up being the number five play on ESPN Sports Center's top 10. Um, I'm gathering that that wasn't necessarily all that out of his uh, normal type of play. Uh, no, he had a, he had a two-hand dunk tonight and another kind of a windmill dunk uh, early on. But, uh, you know, Ryan, they have plays set up to get him an alley-oop. Uh, running to the point with uh, Nicky Solomon or Antonio Morgano outside, it's the same type of play that, again, for lack of a better comparison, Marshall will run. You, you get the guy... Uh, you, you draw the defense out, let the guy get open and on the backside, coming up the baseline, and the competition that Morgantown plays, Melko's going to out-jump just about everybody he faces, and they'll set it up. They set up the alley-oop plays, and if he gets out on an open break, uh, you know, he's going to add to that highlight reel, and he did it twice tonight. He's a very athletic guy who's going to continue his uh, career next year at Fairmont State, so he's one of the keys to this Morgantown team. And uh, definitely a fun player to watch. And like you said, a highlight reel of his own. Dave Wilson. Dave Wilson, also a, a personal highlight film of his own. <laughs> yeah, he is, a, he, is a, he is a human highlight film. <laughs> yes. From, from his football days at St. Mary's, a human highlight film. Yeah, I think there's a couple of holding penalties on my <laughs> <laughs> uh, So many jokes there. We're just going to let that one go. But uh, real, real quick, Dave Wilson with WAJR. Uh, voice of the Morgantown Mohegans also works with w, uh, with with Metro News, also the host of the Stampede podcast that talks martial athletics on uh, wvmetronews.com. Check that out. That's also on uh, stations WFGH ninety point seven, WVWP one hundred one point one, LP and Wayne also on uh, one hundred four point five WASP in Huntington. So, Dave, you do a little bit of everything. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Um- all over the place, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. All right, that's Dave Wilson. Always a pleasure. We got to step aside, take a break. Come back. We have a scoreboard update. We might talk to our resident referee, Bo Anderson, but probably not. probably not for a little <laughs> bit while longer. Bo, hang in there, buddy. We're, we'll get you in a few moments. As basketball Friday night in West Virginia rolls on on the fast break sports network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the fast break sports network. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live, high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. All it takes is one click to watch. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. And, of course, you can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. BasketballNight.com. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night family. We'd like for you to become our correspondent and update us on your team's games. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Call the show. We want to hear from you. Toll free, 855-345-4709, 855-345-4709. Give us an update on your team's game. You can tweet, text, email, or give us a call. 
Find out how by visiting basketballnight.com. Special thanks again to all of our affiliates carrying the show tonight. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results. This week's question, which girls basketball team has the best chance of repeating as state champion this year? St. Joseph Central, Morgantown, or Sissonville? Go to basketballnight.com and vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got until 11.45 tonight to vote, and we'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. A shout-out to some of our new followers on Twitter, Kayla Price, Carol Terrell Jr., and Missy Stewart. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 10.36 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. As we are rolling right along, we'll talk with our resident referee, Bo Anderson, a little bit later on in the show. We'll also hear from Lonnie Lucas, head girls basketball coach at Huntington High, in a moment as well. But first, we need a scoreboard. We'll have uh, – this time we'll have James give the, the boys' scoreboard update, and I'll give the girls' scoreboard update. So, James, fire away, my friend. Looking for scores? Look to know more. Go to basketballnight.com for all your scores from around the Mountain State. We'll go just winners on this scoreboard to get things through. Nothing really has changed since the last time. So winners coming out as Petersburg, Shadyside, Ohio, Steubenville, Ohio, Union, Wheeling Park, Lincoln, Braxton County, Bridgeport, Buckhannon Upshur, Polka, Charleston Catholic. That one is a new score. Charleston Catholic knocking off Buffalo 58-39. Big thanks to Adam Marco for sending that score over. 100, Fairmont Senior goes over 100 with a 116-52 win over Elkins. Herbert Hoover with a win. Martinsburg, Jefferson, Barnesville, Ohio, Robert C. Bird, Liberty Raleigh, Logan, Mann, Meadowbridge, Morgantown, Philip Barber, Notre Dame, Magnolia, Williamstown. All of these winners tonight. Roan County, Scott, Tulsa, Greenbrier West, Wyoming County, Pocahontas County, and Tug Valley. That's your final winner. And the boys, now over to the girls. Wyoming East. Wyoming oh. County will mess with you. It's just Wyoming County. Uh. It was a winner either way. Wyoming County was a winner tonight. Yeah, the Wyoming East beating West Side. And on the girls' side of things, again, we'll just get to winners tonight as we're rolling along here. Tucker County beats Notre Dame. St. Albans defeats Parkersburg. Pocahontas County over Moorefield. It was Fayetteville over Liberty Raleigh. Greater Beckley Christians girls defeat Tug Valley tonight. Man over Montcalm. It was Frankfurt defeating Mountain Ridge, Maryland. Nicholas County over Independence. Pike View over Riverview. 29 for Madison May. Her points per game drop. Amazing. Cameron defeats Tigers Valley tonight. Greenbrier East over Jefferson. It was Lincoln doubling up Kaiser. George Washington defeats Nitro tonight as well. And also tonight, it was Spring Valley over Woodrow Wilson. Big Summers County, big over James Monroe. 
and Winfield, a big win tonight over Riverside in girls high school basketball action. And also tonight, Huntington defeated Ripley 71 to 36. That's your basketball Friday night.com or basketball night.com scoreboard update. I mentioned Huntington's girls getting that win over Ripley. And they are now 10-0. and 0. And the head coach of the Highlanders is Lonnie Lucas. He joins us now. And, Coach, a 10-0 and 0 record. Hard to ask for much more of your start to this 2015-2016 campaign. No, we're, we're very pleased with, with that. It's a long time since we've been 10-0 and 0 at the start of the season. And really, you've managed to do it with only one close game. That close game came Wednesday, a four-point win over Spring Valley. And I think that was one where you had to test your mettle a little bit in terms of uh, you had some foul trouble, you were behind, maybe not playing all that well through a big part of that game, but made a big run through the third and fourth quarter and able to, to escape the Wolves then with a win. That that kind of maybe showed a little bit more than simply the the bigger wins that you've had. Well, it was, and of course, uh, always we have a tough time with Spring Valley. It's, it's always good game, good, exciting games, and uh, foul problems uh, at, the, at the beginning uh, hurt us a little bit. Uh, and then, uh, of course, now let's give Spring Valley some credit. They were they were shooting an awful high percentage last night. They were tough, Coach. When you go but on a we were, we were pretty, Coach, when you go on the road and you and you get a, a gritty win like that over a, a feisty Spring Valley team. How much does that help your your team and the momentum that it has that it's built through those first eight wins to continue that push toward Charleston and, and getting back for a run of the state title? Well, it's helped, uh, helps a whole lot playing on the road because we we only have two more home games uh, all season. We only had seven home games this year. Most of ours are on the road. And uh, so we, we usually play well on the road, and that's uh, – um, that's 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 sign of a good team when you can when you can play well on the road. Well, you were in the bragging rights classic in Cincinnati and picked up a pair of wins there over East Cleveland Technical out of Ohio, seventy two fifty nine, and a win over Louisville Dupont Manual or uh, uh, yeah sixty six forty eight. And that that Louisville team that you beat, by the way. Uh, has only lost uh, one game within the, the confines of the state of Kentucky so far this year, to put that into perspective. So that ball club, uh, a very really good team. Your ball club uh, handled them well. You're seeing different styles of play, uh, playing some schools from from out of the region. I know that in years past, it's not that it's not that you've shied away from it, but that tell me about the opportunity to go to Cincinnati before the new year. And to just play play schools that are well outside of the ones that you would normally play. Well, normally when we get invited to, to one of those, it doesn't fit into our schedule as far as time. But we they invited us early this year, and uh, uh, so we we were able to schedule uh, people around it. But uh, in the conference we play, you know, we don't we really don't have a whole lot of games that we can play, and we you know we. Uh, play Logan we had to have them on there and, and we go to the Atlantic shootout up in Beckley where we play you know some tough teams up there and uh, so uh, we it just worked out the, that a few teams a uh, couple teams dropped us and it worked out that we had that, uh, that little opening there and, and they invited us and we decided to go ahead and take it I really don't like to take the kids out and stay overnight but uh, these kids have played a lot of AAU and they're sort of used to going on the road so 
it was it was a it was a good opportunity for us and we were fortunate to win down there we played well uh played some two completely different teams one the last team we played the Louisville team was huge in size and uh and the only thing we could do was just press them all over the floor and hope that we the that we could get them to throw them out out of the rhythm a little bit because when they backed us down against the bucket we we had no stop for those six foot four girl inside we couldn't do anything with her so we just kept it a wide open game and was forced to to get a big get the score build up the first the first half and then we sort of held them on our team well, in that in that win against Spring Valley on Wednesday, you mentioned having to to come back. Uh, a lot of it was uh, Jordan Dawson. First half foul trouble, but uh, second half twenty two points and twelve rebounds in the second half alone in that comeback win. And uh, that, you know, you add Jordan Dawson to the mix, and that that just it, it's really incredible how much talent you have with this particular ball club it seems like you're very well rounded now you may not have that six foot five uh type girl inside like you mentioned that the louisville team had but still able to, to play with different styles and able to be very good at all positions on the floor well like i said these girls have played a lot of basketball and they actually have played the same bunch for you know, uh, I know, I've got two seniors on the ball club, and they played since they were freshmen. And the juniors, they they started since freshmen. So we've, uh, you know, we've got a uh, a good, you know, good balance there of, of, on the on the team. But we are we don't really have a whole lot of size. But you're right about Jordan. Uh, we sort of use it right now. Jordan picks up two quick fouls. We, we turn her out until until a third quarter. She doesn't like it, uh, but. Uh, as long as we stay around with ten or twelve points, we still feel pretty comfortable that we can that we can make up the difference in the second half if if no one else is in foul trouble. And she was the only one had, you know, she had two fouls on her. But uh, and it was just kind of like what I do. It's not uh, some people wouldn't even consider that being foul trouble. But uh, the importance of of Jordan to our team, it is it is a problem if we don't have her down the down the stretch and. You know, uh, we can't do a lot of things that we like to do. So, I'm, I, I just decided that I do that. I mean, that's what I do all the time with her, and uh, and she's uh, and she plays she plays well. She plays under pressure. That's uh, that's good. And she, uh, if she'd ever play a full ball game, you know, uh, she uh, she I don't know how many points she could score if she could play at that intensity. But you know, it's hard to play. At the way she plays, it's hard for her to play like that for four quarters anyway. But uh, I mean, she she didn't get in foul trouble, and, and when we were down in Cincinnati, she didn't she didn't get in foul trouble. So we were she didn't have to come out of the game. So she scores thirty three one night and thirty one one night. So that's kind of what she does. She can stay in the ball game. Lonnie Lucas, the head coach of the Huntington Girls basketball team, the Highlanders ten and zero. Thanks for joining us, and we wish you the best throughout the course of the season. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. We've got to step aside and take a break. And when we come back, could it be, could it be our resident referee? Probably not. I'll even turn my microphone back on. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) We'll try to get to Bo Anderson. We'll also talk about our power rankings. Now on basketballnight.com. Check those out. Boys and girls available on the website. All scores are there as well tonight as well. 
as well, as well, also. Anyway, we'll be back with more Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in a moment on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Congratulations goes out tonight to Madison Webb, Chapmanville Tigers. She joins the growing list of standout athletes of the week, along with Erica Bowles, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears, Felicity Van Gilder, East Fairmont Lady Bees. If you have someone who's been remarkable on your team, maybe they've made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become Basketball Friday Night's Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out, basketballnight.com. And for scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Don't forget our poll question. You've got till 11.45 tonight to answer the new poll this week. Which girls' basketball team has the best chance of repeating as state champion this year? St. Joseph Central, Morgantown, or Sissonville? We'd like for you to go and vote. Go to basketballnight.com and you'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. And a shout-out to our new followers, including Angelina Smith and Highlander fan. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with coach rick marone james collier and ryan epling 10:49 on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling and james collier with you joined now by a face you don't normally see on the program if you're watching on our web stream Marcus Constantino. He's usually the voice in the back giving the poll question, but we've let him in front of the camera this time. <laughs> and by we've let him, I mean he actually is kind of the executive producer, so to speak, he of the said show. Anyway, so but he ate. Yeah, what, at least what he, he matches. Sorry, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rick, Rick Marone has been uh, escorted from the building with a police. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was supposed to wear white. He wore black tonight. So Anyway, Marcus, you, you put together the power rankings that are now on the basketballnight.com website. And uh, let's just talk about those a little bit. The boys and girls rankings, totally data-driven. I know that put a, took a lot of work on your part, but um, just tell me about uh, the formula a little bit. I know you, don't, you can't get too far into it. It's very technical, but mm-hmm. the formula and, and, and how it's uh, – added to our website well we'll keep the secret sauce a secret but essentially um it takes into consideration 
uh, win percentage, your opponent's win percentage, your opponent's opponent's win percentage, which is strength of schedule, and the point differential. So, you know, the average, how many you're scoring versus how many the other guys are scoring. Um, and so it, you know, calculates it to a, um, to a rating um, that we've actually, uh, and you guys know this, I've been working on this for about a year, uh, tweaking this. I mean, we were running ratings last year um, that we never published, and we were just tweaking the numbers. We've been tweaking all the way up until uh, last weekend when we finally published the first ever BasketballNight.com power ratings. And in those, in Class AAA, Morgantown Mohegan's girls are ranked first, Huntington second, Parkersburg South third, Moving down into AA, Wyoming East at the top, number one, Lincoln, number two, Summers County, number three, and down in single A, St. Mary's first, Williamstown second, Fayetteville third, and that's, of course, as of this weekend. What we're going to do, we're going to run the numbers and we're going to publish the BasketballNight.com power ratings every Sunday. Uh, The girls' ratings are going to be published at 6 o'clock, the boys' at eight o'clock and you know i think this is a really awesome new feature for basketballnight.com because until this point there's never been a girl's power ratings uh, that i've known of Uh, and so you know there's really nothing else out there um, particularly for girls basketball and it's just interesting to see where the data shows that different teams are stacking up you know compared to one another and very important to note as well, and we'll get to uh, Tavian Dunmartin here in just a moment. Um, we don't want to keep him on hold too long. He's actually on an official visit right now. But um, you, um, it, it, we want to make clear, too, this isn't a prediction at this point to the end of the season. This is right. what you have done to right now. Exactly. It takes everything in our database over um, over 1,000 games in our database at basketballnight.com. It takes all that information and it calculates your strength of schedule up to that point, your record up to that point. Um, you know how many points you've scored, how many points have been scored against you up to that point. And it calculates, you know, where you're at at that point. It doesn't look into the future and say, you know, well, they've got this team coming up. They've got that team coming up. And it also doesn't take into consideration, you know, we have some people who say, well, this team, you know, beat this team in a head-to-head matchup, but they're ranked lower. You know, it doesn't take that into consideration. Every game is the same, you know, to this formula. And so it really tries to you know, spit out ratings that rate a team based on their whole schedule and not just this game or that game. Upsets happen, too. Mm-hmm. And something, uh, something you, you cannot put a variable on is the upset or an injury or, or something of that nature. And, and just, just to be clear, just because a team even maybe has beaten another team head-to-head twice, at this point may not be rated higher but that can very easily change by the course of the season as we get another two to three weeks down the road and you get more data into the system. Mm -hmm. And and the way I think of it, you know, um, it's giving us what it thinks, you know, based on the numbers. Maybe it knows something that we just don't, you know. I mean, it's it's just interesting to watch it. Numbers don't lie. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Numbers don't lie. And so it's interesting, you know, I've been doing this for weeks now, um, you know, leading up to our first release last week. But, you know, it's just interesting to see what 
the computer thinks based on the numbers, you know, where these teams are stacking up to one another. Also very difficult to get the out-of-state opponents. Mm -hmm. I think this is probably as good as you can do it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, uh, we'll be open. Well, we admit that can be a little skewing of, uh, of yeah. some things. But, yeah, basically, I mean, you know, we're not going to go out. We're not going to be looking for Graham, Virginia's total record. Um, but we're going to take into consideration every game that every team in West Virginia has played against Graham. And so even out-of-state teams who have played West Virginia teams, all that's being considered, uh, you know, in our basketballnight.com power ratings. And because of that, you know, I really think that this is – probably the most comprehensive uh you know data driven ratings um that's a that's out there right now marcus definitely appreciate all the work you do the work you do behind the scenes is just incredible and uh, always uh you know want to make sure that that marcus gets most of the credit because uh i, I say most of james does a heck of a lot too here uh if you want to compare it to nascar they build the car they test the car. They build the racetrack. Oh, that's it's, all Marcus. I just take it for a test drive. <laughs> and it, and it, yeah, Usually Marcus comes up with an idea, and he sends me a text or an email, and he says, try this. And it worries me because I never know what I'm trying. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Marcus, definitely a, a big thanks to you for, for all that you do for us tonight, uh, every night. Thank you, Ryan. Program. I appreciate it. I appreciate the uh, opportunity to get out here. This is the first time I've been out on our new set. You were almost on the new set last yeah, year. Yeah, but we that won't was, talk that was, about that. That was me sprinting no. in like two minutes before airtime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another... I made a little – and that was way before I would have got there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later, another time. That would be, be a story time story. Marcus, thank you very much. Let's uh, – We'll call back to the bullpen. We'll get Rick Marone as well. Bo Anderson's on hold, our resident referee. We'll get to him in a, you know after a while. I don't even want to say in a moment because I, that's <laughs> it's not gonna fair be a to while. Him. I want to be honest. It's going to be a while. Right now, Tavian Dunmartin joins us. He is the point guard of the two-time reigning Class AAA Boys State Champion Huntington Highlanders. Tavian joins us tonight from Akron where he is signed to play with the Zips. Tavian, first off, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, before we get into your season, which, uh, again, your ball club off to a, a fantastic start uh, again this year, uh, just tell me a little bit about your visit to Akron tonight. Um, uh, I called the coach um, yesterday after my game um, to come up and watch him play against Western Michigan, um, the conference play. Um, so I just went up there, watched the game, um, hung out with the team after, and I'm on my way back home. And the Akron Zips 13-2, and two, by the way, uh, on the season and uh, picking up a win over Western Michigan in Mid-American Conference play tonight at the uh, the beloved JAR in Akron, James A. Rhodes Arena. But um, now let's talk high school basketball here, uh, Tavian. Uh, I know two years ago, a lot of the focus in West Virginia was on Washington High School, who was undefeated going into Charleston. You beat them in the semifinals and then won the state title classic ball game over Hurricane. Last year, you had a little bit more of a bullseye because people were aware of how good your basketball team was. You were able to navigate through the, the always rugged MSAC, play your best basketball toward the end of the season. Uh, picking up a big win over Hurricane in the semifinal and then beating Parkersburg South in the state championship. 
how do you stay hungry after you've basically done all you can do in high school, still knowing that maybe, I mean, what you can do is a third straight title, which is its own uh, goal, obviously. But, but tell me about staying hungry through all that success. Um, coach just pushes us every day in practice. Um, he just wants us to be mentally strong, and we just get out every day, practice, um, prepare for like a game, um, just play one game at a time, and just everybody wants to beat you. So we just take that as play the hardest and go out and try to win every night. Tavian, you had uh, two games back to back nights that really set up as, as almost a, a dress rehearsal, if you will, for games that you would play in Charleston in the state title. You had a double overtime thriller with Woodrow Wilson at home. You turn around the very next night. You go on the road and play a very gritty Ironton team. You guys come away with the win there. Tell me about those two games on back-to-back nights and how much of a stretch that was for you guys just to come away and still remain undefeated. Um, maybe it was a hard game. That was, was a great game. Um, we got through that one. Coach Wonder from home, but take folks next day. Right. Well, Tavian, um, Martin, uh, so, sorry, your, your phone's breaking up on us. I know you're on the road back from Akron, back to Huntington tonight, and uh, some there, there's some spotty areas of cell phone reception in between on I-77. Uh, but Tavian, thank you so much for joining us. Have a safe trip back home. And uh, certainly wish you guys the best of luck through the rest of the season. Thank you. All right, that's Tavian Dunmartin, senior point guard for Huntington High and the uh, Highlanders, and again, on his way back home after uh, visiting Akron, where he has signed with the Zips. The Martin name, by the way, his dad, Frank Martin, former Marsh University uh, guard from not too awful long ago. Yeah, I think basketball kind of runs through the blood of that family. Yeah, very good. Very good basketball family, very good basketball player, and he's a guy who might be a little bit undersized, but he controls the game. Just a pleasure to watch him play. We'll step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll have another scoreboard update. It's already 11 o'clock. And we have every boy's score in the entire state of West Virginia in. So after the break, we're going to ring that bell, I hope, if we still have that sound effect. I forgot to ask. I just mentioned that ahead of time. But we'll do that anyway when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Special thanks tonight to all of our radio affiliates. Listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP and Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn, 107.106.7 FM, WHFI and Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP Edmund Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay, and 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. 
cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com and on affiliate rsnsports.com. You can also listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter and we'll make sure to mention your name tonight at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. You love to on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and James Collier with you. As always, about this time of night, running behind, and not in a bad way. just means we've got a lot of show left to cram in. We've only got 55 minutes to do it, guys. So That's if you can get your outro. We got Yeah, if I can get the outro. <laughs> that helps, doesn't it, right? How much time have I wasted there tonight? But nonetheless... Let's go to uh, – we'll get to the phone lines in a moment. We'll hear from Wayne Ryan. He's the girls' basketball coach at Summers County. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, who is closing in on an hour on hold. We'll hear from him a little bit later on tonight as well. But right now, let's go check out the basketballnight.com scoreboard and our boys' scoreboard tonight from Coach Rick Marone. Looking for scores. Look no more. Look right here at basketballnight.com. Let's go to boys scores, and we have a full plate. The holidays are over, but the smorgasbord continues. We're going winners as we've uh, been rolling through all night in boys tonight. Winners include Petersburg, Shadyside, Ohio, Doddridge County, Steubenville knocks off Oak Glen. Also winning tonight, Valley Wetzel, Union, Wheeling Park with a big win tonight. Lincoln defeats Berkeley Springs. Braxton County with a big win. Bridgeport, a winner. Buchanan Upshur, Polka, Charleston Catholic. 100 with a big win, 68-57 over Clay Battelle. Fairmont Senior puts up 116 points. They get a big win tonight for the Polar Bears. Also on the winning side tonight, Herbert Hoover, Martinsburg, Jefferson, Barnesville, Ohio. R.C. Bird, Liberty, Logan gets a win, 51-37 over Princeton. Mann with a win tonight. Meadow Bridge, Morgantown with a victory. Mount View, Phillip Barber, Notre Dame, Magnolia with a win. The Blue Eagles come out on top in their game with Peyton City tonight. Williamstown with a five-point win over Parkersburg Catholic. Roan County with a victory tonight. Scott, a winner. Tulsa goes to Wayne and gets a win tonight. Also on the winning side tonight on the boys' scoreboard, Greenbrier West with a win. South Galley, Ohio. Musselman, a 14-point win over Washington tonight. Wyoming East, the battle for Wyoming County, 69-61 over Westside. 
Work County 72-70 over Ritchie County. Pocahontas County a winner tonight. And Tug Valley a win against Greater Beckley tonight. That's your boys scoreboard tonight on basketballnight.com. We started this with only three or six. We are down to three girl scores left to go as we just had three new ones come in. I'll give those quickly to you. It was Roan County over South Harrison, 78-21. That's a new final. Um, Oak Hill falls to Shady Spring, 50-43, and South Charleston knocks off Capitol, 72-51. The three scorers we have left, Calhoun County and New Life Christian, St. Mary's and Tyler Consolidated, and now check that. We have two scores left, so if you are... Listening out there or watching the show and you have access to those two scores, please send them over to basketballnight.com. We're in Middleburn. This show is in Middleburn in Tyler County. We need to get a hold of Craig Dutton, guys. That's the one. That's the, I, think, I think he's our go-to to try to, to find out information on that St. Mary's um, Tyler Consolidated game. And why do I just have this gut feeling that maybe it didn't get played? For some reason, well, uh, I don't know, but because um, those are two, those are two schools we normally get information from. Well, you're wrong because St. Okay. Mary's won fifty nine forty five instant <laughs> access, and then and then there <laughs> that was, just asking you shall receive, <laughs> and and then there was one. So we are looking for one. So, Mister Genie in a bottle, who do we need to call in Calhoun <laughs> County to get yeah. that game? <laughs> I'm all out. Uh, I'll work on that, though, sometime uh, in a moment. You know who's been doing good work for a long time when it comes to girls' high school basketball is Wayne Ryan. He's the head coach of the Summers County Bobcats. Once had a a winning streak that spanned, well, basically an entire entire, uh, senior class that that went through without losing a game and, and just won multiple state championships. He joins us now on the program. Coach Ryan, welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Your ball club is uh, perfect again to start the season. That's nothing new. 9-0 and uh, and a big win tonight over James Monroe, a, a regional rival in, in the Mavericks. And uh, Just tell me a little bit about uh, – we, we know about the Justice Twins and their offensive firepower, and it seems like at least one of them is uh, really picking up the scoring recently. Well, well, Brittany's just been outstanding recently. I, I think she scored over 30 points for five games in a row and, and had 38 tonight. And, and you know, it's not just her points. Her her game line's pretty big every night, too. She's, you know, get double digits rebounds, and she'll have five, six assists, five or six steals to go with, with the big points and rebounds every night. So she's been playing very well for us. And, you know, we've got a unique team this year and that all five starters average double figures and uh, – so that's been nice, and I think uh, you know because of that, you can't really concentrate totally on on the twins, and and I think that's helped us be more effective. Coach, Coach when you have the the two twins out there with Brittany and Whitney, and what they can do, and they they truly have a a sixth sense about them because of the connection. But how much does that help everybody else around them on the floor because of what teams have to do to try to take away the chemistry that they share? Well, well, I mean, it, it certainly helps uh, because, you know, they're, they're so comfortable with each other. And, you know, our other kids have played with them now, you know, for a long time. So, you know, we, we don't have a senior in a starting lineup, and uh, these kids have played together for a while. So although we're still fairly young, you know, with three sophomores starting, um, 
you know, they've played together a lot. So it's like we're a young team, but we've, we've got a lot of experience. So we're kind of a veteran team at the same time. So, so we're, we're fortunate in that. And of course, you know, it's no secret that Whitney and Brittany will lead the way, but we, we've got a sophomore that's really good. Hannah Taylor, uh, you know, she, she has close to triple doubles and quadruple doubles almost every night. She's, she's long and she can play all five positions and, you know, she'll get double figure points and rebounds. And then you'll look at the stats and she'll have, you know, eight to 13 assists and she'll come up with six, seven steals. And, you know, we just keep, you know, she just keeps getting better and we just keep hoping that continues. Coach, you bring up a great point there. No seniors in the starting rotation, three sophomores, but yet it's like they, they get up in the morning, they take a big drink of winning and they just go out and do it every single day. What is it about this group that they can go out and win every time? And no matter if it's a freshman, a sophomore, and that continues to, to grow, when you have a senior class leave, those freshmen pick up and continue forward. Well, I mean, I'd like to think we've got a you know pretty good strength of program. We're actually going through a down cycle as far as our overall numbers go. We've only got 13 players, and we've known this was coming because we raise our kids and, you know, We've had our youth league and our middle school program, so we, we've known our numbers would be down. We didn't expect to go all the way to 13. So that's been a little bit of a problem getting our JV games in and everything, and, and our numbers are going to stay down next year, and then it looks like they're going to come right back up to normal. But that's that's hurt us a little bit. You know, we're not getting the quality practices we'd like to get, and, um, you know, we're, we're lacking depth on our varsity games too. We're trying to grow it. We've got a few girls that are giving us more and more minutes, but – but really, we have our starting five, and then, um, you know, we have one senior that plays for us off the bench, and she's our only girl with any size, Georgia Sigmund, 6'2". She comes off the bench for us. But other than that, we've just got some kids that we keep throwing in there, and they keep trying, and hopefully a couple of them will uh, get to the point where we trust them a little bit more. Coach, Coach Marone here, and uh, good uh, talking to you again. Uh, one thing I don't think people realize, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the, the tradition and the program that you have there at Summers County, but – you know, you guys have a lot of offensive firepower. You talked about the twins and such, but I don't think people realize the defensive uh, philosophy that you've always had, and really that triggers your offense. And I think people that have <clears throat> had to play against you, as we unfortunately have had to at Tulsa, but uh, if you could talk just a little bit about getting kids to buy into that. I mean, you've got kids that can score the basketball, but if you look at what creates the offense, it's their commitment on the defensive end as well. Well, it is, Rick, and, and you know as well as I do that, you know, you can be a great offensive player, but the human element hits harder on the offensive side. I mean, you've seen good players have bad nights on the offensive end, but there's really no excuse for having a bad night on the defensive end. You know, you've got to play together, you've got to be willing, you've got to help each other, and you've got to put forth effort. So if you can get your kids to buy into that, you can have some success even on nights that uh, the offense uh, may let you down a little bit. So obviously we do emphasize defense first. Uh, now this team this year, though, that they would much rather play offense than defense, I assure you, we, we have that battle every day. <laughs> uh, Coach, one final question for you before we let you go. Um, the standard that you're set within your program for level of play so high, how do you keep it realistic for each group, knowing that each group is going to be different, make its own mark, do its own, uh, you know, have its own successes, uh, and not try to compare them to the past? 
Well, I, I think, uh, you know, what we've always asked our teams to do was be as good as they can be and take us as far as they should and we should go. You know, that might be contending for a state championship. It might be that you get to the state tournament. Uh, whatever that is, you know, we've asked them to achieve as high as they can achieve, and we're happy with that. Uh, you know, we're not satisfied, but you're not going to win a state championship every year, but there's no reason you can't at the end of the year look and say, Coach, uh, you know, we were pretty good, and we probably did all we could do with what we had, and that's what you ask for every year. Well, Coach, always a pleasure, and uh, yeah, just a word of notice out there: Summers County goes to single A next year. So, uh, well, I think there are some single A schools going 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 to find running into Summers County to not be a pleasant experience. Coach Ryan, thank you so much though for taking time out to talk with us tonight. Hey, you're absolutely welcome. Thank you very much, and thanks for what you do for basketball around our state. Hey, thank you. And uh, again, that that was a program had over a hundred straight wins at one point. Just uh, just amazing what they've been able to do and the consistency they built. Right now, we've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, eventually we'll get to our resident referee Bo Anderson, but we'll also hear from Rick Kozlowski. He's got the story of the night. The Martinsburg Hedgesville boys game ended early. The teams weren't even allowed, or excuse me, fans weren't allowed out until the teams were able to get off the court. It got ugly tonight. We'll talk about that with Rick Kozlowski when we come back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live, high-definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com. It just takes one click to watch. You can listen there, too, on any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. We'd like for you to join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game info. Call us toll-free, 855-345-4709. 855-345-4709. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. And the new followers we've had tonight, shout out to them, including Chris Pemberton, Jay Hess, Dave McQuain, Webster County High, Connie Robinson, Michelle Lors and Ashley. Thank you for joining us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. If you love basketball, there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. That's right here. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Don't forget, you've got till 1145 tonight to vote in this week's poll. Which girls basketball team has the best chance of repeating as state champion this year? St. Joseph Central, Morgantown, or Sissonville? Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. We'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 
11-18 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Looking for one score. It is a girls basketball game. Calhoun County was scheduled to play New Life Christians tonight. That's the only thing separating us from that magical bell that we love so well. And I didn't mean to rhyme, but nonetheless, <laughs> that, that you hear and you know that, um, that when we've got every score in from the night. We haven't heard the bell yet this year. Hoping that we can hear it. Looking for that one score. Maybe that game wasn't played. We'll find out nonetheless. But coming up within, still ahead here, uh, we've got 45 minutes left. We're with you till midnight. We've got Craig Dutton, who will join us in, in a few moments. Um, he had that St. Mary's. Uh, he covers St. Mary's High School uh, athletics. We'll also, our resident referee, Bo Anderson, who is nearing the hour, 15-minute mark on hold. <laughs> And uh, that has to be a new record. Hey, yeah, and we're not—we're joking about it. We're not doing that to be mean to Bo. We've—we've we've just had some some things that were really, really pressing. And, and right now, we go to Martinsburg, where the story of the night right now in the state of West Virginia is that Martinsburg Hedgesville boys game that was ended early and some altercations, a plethora of fouls, free throws, and uh, what has been termed at least. A coach being led out of the uh, arena by uh, by law enforcement, and Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal, joins us now. Rick, what do you know on this situation? Well, yeah, it is nice to have Rick. Your dreams were your ticket. You know, welcome back. We always have so much fun with Rick, and then they hit us with hard news. But we're still going to have fun. But for some reason right now, I can see him dancing around in that big winter parka with a Hawaiian shirt over top of it, just enjoying the music. Yeah. Hey, Rick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I was going to do my uh, Finny Barbarino imitation there, but... Uh... <laughs> well, I, I can. T- here's what I can tell you on the, the Martinsburg-Hedgesville game. That is actual. That the is factual. I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rick. That's all we needed. Thank you very much. No, that, that's that's what I can tell you factually. Now, to try to put some of the pieces together, and and uh, for what I've been told, what I've learned, and 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 even uh, some of the situation is kind of fluid because, like, I guess we had a. Uh, our police reporter go over to the game when when the calls went out about the uh, the skirmish, as it will. Uh, and uh, there's a quote from the uh, the principal of the school saying uh, uh, it, per- it pertained to one of the assistant coaches. Uh, he was told not to uh, proceed onto the court or something by a police officer. And the quote says, dot, 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 but he tried anyways and was arrested. You know, yet I'm seeing notes sent to me that uh, the coach who allegedly was arrested, supposedly arrested, whatever the term is tonight, he was walking around the court after the game. So I don't know. But something happened, and uh, I, I guess there were three players uh who were ejected from the uh, from the game, which means they won't be able to play their next games and or next two games because of the ten percent rule. Uh, these incidents between Martinsburg and Hedgesville, people seem to forget, and and, and 
that it's just an extracurricular activity when you get right down to it. We're playing a basketball game. People take this stuff way, way too serious. And I think sometimes these gyms get jammed and, and, and the atmosphere creates, you know, high tension rather than going out there and enjoying a basketball game, enjoying what the kids can do. It frustrates me. I'm sorry. Rick, we're, we do a high school basketball show statewide where we celebrate high school basketball. I think everyone, Coach Marone is a coach of a high school basketball team. I think everyone here 100% agrees with you. I mean, we, we all enjoy it. There, yeah, there can be some intense moments because we all have a competitive nature, but it's a basketball game. Not a show, not life or death. It's a basketball game. Absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it comes down to you know some kids will get an opportunity to continue to play, and when you get right down to it, why did any of us get into sports in the first place? We like sports because we enjoy it. It's fun, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly right. You know, some some somehow some of that stuff gets taken away wherever. It happens from. Is it the fans who think that you know, you know, we gotta you know grind against each other uh, because this is this is the most important thing that's happening tonight? Uh, you know, enjoy the game. Pay your five bucks. Go in there, celebrate the kids, applaud, and you know, and and you know, you can be a little disappointed, but. You know, I heard, you know, and I got a tweet from somebody saying, well, it wasn't, it wasn't the fans. And yet I got a reporter telling me there were some fan things going on. Uh, you know, which I think, you know, some, sometimes exacerbates these kinds of things. You know, a couple years ago when these two teams played in the sectional, uh, a mild skirmish broke out and parents ran out onto the court where they don't belong. You know, I sent out a tweet earlier tonight saying maybe it's time to uh, play in front of an empty gym. I saw and, that, and that might – something has to give. We can't stay on that same pathway. No, absolutely. And I, and I talked to another coach tonight from uh, another school in the uh, Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference, and and he was kind of getting the, uh, the secondhand stories, and he knew about it when he called to talk to me, and – and he's like, you know, we need to stop this stuff. We need to get the principals together and do something about this kind of stuff. You know, it, it's it's that simple. Well, Rick, it's, it's instances like this that turns these nice rivalry games that you love to have because of, of the close proximity between the teams. It forces them to be canceled because you can't continue to deal with this until it – basically boils over into a more serious situation in which you're calling more emergency personnel that's not police officers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows, you know, what you know, could wind up happening. I mean, you know, fortunately, I, uh, nobody got hurt, but, you know, certainly those kinds of situations do pre- do present themselves. You know, and this, like you said, this is a high school basketball game. I don't know. Uh, I sound frustrated, don't I? <laughs> hey, no, you have every right to be, honestly, because, like I said, we celebrate these rivalry games. We've talked at length tonight about West Side, Wyoming East, and 
I know they have had some problems as well. Every rivalry has had some type of instance. But it just seems to me like this Martinsburg-Hedgesville rivalry has taken a drastic wrong turn. I don't know, I, what, I don't know what much I else to say about can't that. Dis- I certainly can't disagree. But uh, evidently it was a, uh, in, until the, some of the fireworks uh, happened, it was a fairly competitive game, I understand. Uh, I, I guess you know, Hedgesville was getting better, and you know, I think uh, you know, Martinsburg is a quality team. Only two losses were to a couple of nationally ranked teams in Hawaii. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's another team out this way playing some pretty good ball. Yeah. <laughs> Musselman. Uh, you, you've kept they, us uh, up on Musselman the past few years because, I mean, honestly, statewide, Musselman does not necessarily come to the forefront when you think of basketball in the Eastern Panhandle. Uh, they got a pretty good ball club again. No, and then, you know, I, they were probably the biggest surprise last year making. The, the state tournament in Charleston. There was a very young team starting three freshmen and kind of sophomore, and they've just kind of picked up where, where they've left off. And they got one one young man who was kind of, I guess, a a role player more or less last year, Kyle Jackson. And between last season and this season, you know, he looked like he he has looked like. He went into a phone booth and came out with an S on his shirt. I mean, he is playing. He is playing that well and and doing a lot for the Appleman. You know, that's going to be interesting. January twenty second, when uh, they and they and Martinsburg played together, I'm looking forward to that game. Absolutely, and of course, Musselman right now undefeated. Rick, always a pleasure to talk to you, and we have more fun when we can talk to you enjoy sports instead of having to hit hard news obviously but uh we thank you for your time and obviously i know you've still got some work to do up there tonight yeah well hey you guys have a great weekend and uh you know always uh, always a pleasure to be on with you hey, keep the snow away next week it's supposed to be headed this way uh, we, i haven't seen any snow at all yet you've got freezing rain advisories in the eastern panhandle just want to let you know until eight do so, we <laughs> you also got air. You got air up. pollution advisory too. So you know who knows what's going on up there. But anyway, uh, okay, guys, well, get 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 away from the blue screen now, and I'll go check it out myself. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that's Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal. We got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we're going to have Craig Dutton, Seven Rangers Radio, to talk St. Mary's High School athletics. Whitney Justice, junior at Summers County with the girls basketball team a lot with her and our resident referee Bo Anderson I promise you we will speak with him as well this is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network it's the Daily Hoops Roundup part of BasketballNight.com Every day we recap the day scores just for you on all teams in West Virginia. We send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit basketballnight.com and click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. We'd like you to become part of our score reporting crew during the week, too. 
Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to be part of the Basketball Friday Night family on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Email scores to scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. You can also send a text with scores to 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. Check it out, basketballnight.com, the Daily Hoops Roundup. You've got a few minutes left. You can still vote in the poll this week. This week's question, which girls basketball team has the best chance of repeating as state champions this year? St. Joseph Central, Morgantown, or Sissonville? In our last poll question, we ask you the same thing about the boys, and the answers were 50% Polka, 27% Magnolia, 23% Huntington. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. Go to basketballnight.com and you'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. We're holding the full scoreboard update till 1145 because we've got a lot still to get in here tonight, uh, including... Craig Dutton of Seven uh, Ranges Radio. We'll also talk with Wes McKinney in a moment. And uh, Whitney Justice, Summers County girls basketball player. We'll also have our resident referee, Bo Anderson. I promise. We're going to have to pay his cell phone bill. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> I hope he's on unlimited minutes. <laughs> yeah, Craig Dutton is with us now. He covers St. Mary's. And uh, Craig, the Red Devils, or excuse me, the, the Blue Devils girls get the. Uh, There's too many devils in this. There's a lot of deviling going on right now in that area. Yeah, the, the Blue Devils girls get a win tonight over Tyler Consolidated and uh, continue uh, their very strong start to this season. Yeah, since the last time I talked to you guys, they had that win over Parkersburg Catholic that Friday on the 18th, and they managed to get the big win over Williamstown. I know Williamstown lost a girl in that game, so second time. Back down versus the Lady Jackets. It'll be a little bit tougher for the Lady Devils. And uh, they also had to win earlier this week to Wheeling Central. And that's another that's another defined game because that right there, I think, was the next best team in Region 1 as of right now. we got to wait and see how Magnolia and the other teams, and tonight they played Tyler Consolidated, which in my opinion could either be between them or Valley or St. Mary's in the sectional title. The way the records are shown right now, just had a rough year with teams like Trinity, and I think Clay Patel, they're having a few rough seasons in their girls' sports, but the girls are coming along. We hope they got Whitney Jennison back as a junior at six foot one, and she's been contributing a little bit more after she was sick early on this year, and she's been able to do a lot more with the team. Boys have won two in a row as well, including a ten point win over Parkersburg Catholic. That was before the new year, and then the day yeah. after New Year, beating Belpre, Ohio. Um, so St. Mary's uh, boys team playing playing uh, pretty well, and, and right now in a long break. Mm-hmm. They're in a big, long, long break there. They had one there um, after they've had the Ohio-West Virginia Challenge because I think they wanted to get prepared because they host the Invitational next week. We'll have the St. Mary's Invitational, 
where they'll host South Harrison. Uh, Work County is in for both boys and girls. So we have that going on through Thursday through uh, Saturday. And they'll take on Ritchie County, which is still trying to find their first win of the year next week. And honestly, that's one thing with Chris Wells taking over that helm. They're playing really competitive, and it's just not paying off for Ritchie County yet. And I think they'll have a close ball game with St. Mary's Tuesday night. So Arnie's always got a good team. Mark Barnhart always uh, manages to do well with the boys' team. And there's a few guys starting to find their way and you know make an impact on that team. They're hoping to get Zach Davis involved, who's on that USA Today football all-team uh, all here for St. Mary's. He's now back under center and trying to get him back in the groove again for the for the Blue Devil team. <laughs> all right. I'm a big stretch here, Craig, but uh, we're, we're yes. desperate times call for desperate measures. Do you know anybody in Calhoun yeah. County? Oh, my. I'm trying to think. <laughs> oh, um, Fitzwater. Uh, I think I'm in contact with him, Michael Fitzwater. We'll see. I know he's no longer a football coach, but I know he still tweets uh, stuff out there for Calhoun. Maybe I can find something from him. All right. We're still trying to get <laughs> we're, that. We're desperate. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're one score <laughs> away. We're trying to get that Calhoun <laughs> New Life Academy game. Hey, I'm cra- kind of interested to hear how that sounds, that bell. So we'll see. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, do your part. We appreciate it. Hey, Craig, thanks so much. I know you've had to hang in there with us tonight as well. No, so thanks a lot. That's no problem. I know you guys got a busy night. No, thank you for letting me on for a little time. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Hey, Craig Dutton of uh, Seven Rangers Radio, and they cover St. Mary's, and, and they do a fantastic job up there as well. He's a former West Virginia State Yellow Jacket. WMUL. When I was a student at Marshall, we we beat West Virginia State in a softball game at Milton, and he thought you'd was throw there. That in. Uh, yeah, he just had to get that there, and he waited until he was gone too. Yeah. I'd already hung up. Uh, it's good to be in control. Uh, <laughs> that sounded maniacal. Anyway, uh, sorry. Uh, let's go right back to the phone lines though, and uh, real fast we'll go to West McKinney, uh, Princeton Tiger Radio W A E Y, and um, West. Tough going tonight for Princeton. Yeah, they, uh, guys, they just never really found their footing, got down uh, big early. They were down by double digits at halftime and just never really regained composure and control of that game. And uh, and in Princeton, I, I think you're going to find out what kind of Princeton Tiger team this is. They started the year 5-1. and one. They had um, just about a three-week layoff from, from the last time they played in their Christmas tournament. Um, and then they got Logan right there. I'm sorry, they got Oak Hill right there before Christmas. But they've been off for two and a half weeks now, and and I think you're going to find out a lot about this team. They're five and one. They only really have one marquee win. That was over Bluefield. And tonight, starting with Logan, three of their other next three games are against really quality teams. They'll have a rematch with Pikeview at Pikeview Tuesday night. I'm sure that's going to be a very hostile environment to walk into. Pikeview still feels like. They're kind of a little brother of, of Mercer County, so they're going to always play with a chip on their shoulder when they play Princeton. And then next Friday night, you get the host Green Briar East. So this is a really, I think, critical and important stretch for Princeton because you're going to find out how good that 5-1 and one record was before Christmas because if you don't come to compete, uh, obviously tonight, Tuesday night, and then next Friday night, you're going to be 5-4, and four, and people are going to begin to doubt you a little bit, I think. So Princeton – Really needs to get one of these next two, if not both, to kind of put some of those doubts away that they have played a soft schedule thus far. Well, this was the first road game in a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the first time they've played on the road since the season opener at Shady Spring. And, you know, I, you guys know as well as I do, being from that part of the state, that, that Logan is a very tough 
venue to walk into and, and try to win regardless of who you are and how good you are. That's a really tough place to play. Absolutely. And Wes, um, certainly thank you for taking the time to talk with us. And uh, I don't know if you've made it back or if you're on your way back, but uh, e- either way, we, uh, we we thank you for taking your time out to talk with us and uh, look forward to hearing from you again. All right, guys. We'll catch up with you next Friday night. Thanks a lot. All right. That was uh, Wes McKinney of Princeton uh, Tiger Radio, WAEY Princeton, falling tonight to Logan. 51-37 at the uh, Willie Acres Arena in Logan. Let's go right back to the phone lines. Our next caller, the last time we had her on, if you'll recall, uh, one of the family pets decided to, to get involved in the show as well. Uh, I, I, I seem to remember a, a barking dog in the background who was trying to answer questions too, and it wasn't already difficult enough because we were talking to twins at the time. Whitney Justice, Jr. with Summers County, joins us now on the program. Whitney, uh, dog's still okay, right? It's been a couple of years. Yeah, it was Oreo. She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Your ball club undefeated, and uh, we, we talked with uh, with Coach Ryan a little bit earlier uh, as well, but really talking about the, uh, the offensive uh, firepower and turning defense to offense. You guys have been doing a fantastic job of that. That's kind of been a staple of the way that program plays, but you've continued that and um, getting uh, getting close to having you and your sister over a thousand points for your career. Getting very close to that. What would that mean for you both to? And barring anything bad happening, heaven forbid, it would. It's going to happen. What will that moment be like? Uh, it'll mean a lot, but. We couldn't do it without each other and our team and our coaches and God. It means a lot. Whitney, how special was it for that 1,000th point, your sister giving the assist on the back end of that, leading to that opportunity? That was pretty great. We kind of planned it. She gave up a layup for me to swim mine. So I thank her for that part. Will you return the favor, or are you just going to make her earn it on on her own? No, I'll return it. I'll, I'll give it back to it. Uh, the Summers County program, as I mentioned, you've scored over 100 points in uh, two different games this season, and, and right now sitting at 9-0, and and uh, the, the, the real teeth of the schedule, the strength of the schedule is really ahead of you. Uh, I know you've, though you've got to have a lot of confidence as you start into a – into the the more difficult stretch that will include Pikeview and and Wyoming East over the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, they're good opponents, but I give them credit. But I think we can beat them if we rebound and play hard defense and have a lot of confidence. Well, when your next game out is against Westside tomorrow, it's late. I'm sure Coach Ryan would just prefer you go ahead and get a good night's sleep before that game tomorrow. We appreciate you hanging in there with us tonight and uh, staying up to talk with us. Thank you, guys. All right, that's Whitney Justice. She went over a thousand points for her career at Summers County uh, earlier this week, as you mentioned. On this is from her sister. We got it. Hey, <laughs> it's not a bell, is it? I forgot what it sounded like. It's a whistle. Yes, and that's not even the other whistle that we're used to hearing. We'll hear that whistle in a moment. But James, just give us that one final score. Please. Final score in the girls: Calhoun County forty-eight, New Life Christian twenty-seven. They are all final in there. the books.
That's what we like to I'm hear. Waiting on Judge Judy to come out. That sounds like the game. We should have used down. that to bring in Whitney Justice. Justice has <laughs> been served, go. and she scores 38, and we get the Calhoun County justice served again. Well, you know who serves justice at ball games is the referee. And our resident referee, Bo Anderson, has been on hold for about an hour and a half. And he joins us now on the program. Uh, Let's give Bo his welcoming music. Come on, guys. He's, yeah. There we go. I hope Bo's still with us. <laughs> Bo, Bo, is your phone still charged? Well, I'll tell you what, guys. <laughs> I'm going to put it to you this way. I've had time to, you know, you know, they usually say my call stinks, so I had time to wash my referee shirt, <laughs> hang this I've got them on on hangers to dry. They're already dry enough for me to wear one. And 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 you know, I, I just don't know what to say. I mean, I thought my calendar day was going to change on my phone. And, and when I started this thing, and when I when I really started waiting, and I saw I happened to be you know just on the internet, and it says shows my resident referee on hold 35 minutes i thought man that's nothing so that guy that had to hold 25 minutes he don't have anything on me <laughs> okay and that was an hour ago uh, yeah you know what i i, uh, I he's in bed by now <laughs> <laughs> all right uh but let's get to what we we like to talk about basketball and officiating situations i i've run across one recently uh, I, I did not see this in person, but I, I've heard about it from a, a couple of different people seeing it in a couple of different places. We're talking about a simultaneous block charge call. Now, I, I'm not one, I don't want to necessarily get into the decision-making because there, there are judgment calls that can honestly be made either way and that you can't really argue that it's wrong. What I want to get into is if you and one of your fellow officials – blow your whistle at the same time on contact. You've got two different angles. And, and to throw out an officiating term, it's right on the edge of the primary zone for each of you. So it's right on the fringe. It's one of those legitimate 50-50 calls. I know maybe officials won't admit to there being 50-50 calls. It's one of those that can go either way. One calls charge, one calls block. How does that discussion go between two officials? Well, we like to try to get together and uh, decide if we can decide whose whistle went first. First of all, uh, we could call that a uh, a double foul and call a foul on both players. If if we make that mistake and one signals for a block and the other signals for a player control foul, uh, we really like to get together and try to decide and what we really try to train ourselves to do is the, the, the official that it's closer to in their primary area gets the first crack at it, and we kind of need to hold our signal and wait and see what each other's going to do. And uh, sometimes that's tough, you know, especially when you're trying to sell a call in a big game and it's a big play. And, uh, you know, I've talked to you a little bit about how that rule is on a block charge, you know, every player is entitled to, to their spot as long as they get there first. And when you've got one where the player is airborne, if that player is there before the player is airborne, then the player who is airborne is going to get assessed the player control foul 
if they run over top of the defender. If the player who's airborne and then the defender steps over after they're in the air, then the, then the player who is uh, uh, playing defense will get called with the blocking foul. But it's very tough. That's, it's not necessarily always a tough call, but it's tough when you have two whistles. But we like to get together, kind of withhold our signals, and hope for the best. <laughs> Bo, one that I saw a few times in a couple of tournaments over the holiday season, it's a play near the basket that a, a player comes in with a, a running floating shot. And as the player, the defensive player goes up for the blocking attempt, they make incidental contact with the net. The shot comes out, the ball is never touched inside the cylinder. But, of course, you have the fans who have their own rule book that immediately start screaming goaltending. Is there any form of a goaltend in this situation, and has the defensive player committed any type of, pe- of penalty in the contest? Well, on page 1,250 of the fans, <laughs> that, that, that might be goaltending or basket interference, but in the real reality of the thing, uh, basket interference, the ball has to be on the rim, within the cylinder, or inside the basket. And again, we talk about it, they can't touch the rim or the net or the ball if it's within the imaginary cylinder, which goes from the rim up to the roof, on the rim, or you know inside the basket. Now, they also cannot reach through the basket from below and reach outside the rim and touch it. That's basket interference as well. Goaltending is outside the cylinder, downward flight, with a reasonable chance to go in, which means it's not going to come up short, be an air ball. So none of those things happen in that scenario, and therefore you have a clean play just because somebody hits the net. If the ball's not on the rim or within the imaginary cylinder or inside the basket, you can't have basket interference, and you sure can't have goaltending on that, those, that situation. Oh. Bo, we greatly appreciate you hanging in there. I know we kind of joke about it, but it can also be tough to, to hang on hold for an hour and a half to to to, to join us. But I mean, right there, right there is dedication, and we we appreciate it. Well, you know what? Two things. Number one, when I started out about an hour and fifty minutes ago, I had eighty-seven percent battery charge, and I'm down to about twelve. <laughs> and secondly, secondly. Uh, the, the the other major factor to this deal here is not only am I down on the battery life, but everybody else that I know has went to bed besides me. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I think that uh, those two things come into fact, but I, I really, uh, you know, hey, I like listening to the show anyway, and I usually listen to it. And, uh, you know, they can't tell me that my referee shirt stinks now because I've had time to dry and the tide smells good. So. Therefore, you know, we're, we're, we're going to manage and move on. And uh, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead, as soon as I get off here, recall the show and see how long I'm on hold for next time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That sounds good. Hey, that's our resident referee, Bo Anderson. He's coming to a gym near you. Anyway, we'll step aside and take a break. Come back. We'll get a final scoreboard update. We'll wrap things up here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
special thanks tonight to all our radio affiliates. Listen online on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 94 Rock, WRLF, and Fairmont. Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP Spencer. 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington. 97.9 FM, WSPWLP Parkersburg. 101.1 FM, WVWPLP Wayne. Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn. 106.7 FM, WHFI Linside. 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW Logan. 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay. 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP Edmund Beckley. 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay. 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in Huntington on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. Shout out to all our new Twitter followers. Thank you for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup, including Chris Pemberton, Jay Hess, Dave McQuain, Webster County High, Connie Robinson, Michelle Lowers, and Ashley. Thank you so much for following us on Twitter and keeping us updated on all the scores throughout the Mountain State. For scores online, all of them, visit basketballnight.com. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.52 on this Friday night with you for just a few more moments on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We've got to do a fast scoreboard. We'll just do winners tonight and uh, one admission. Don't get me started. We, we we had it. We we thought we and had it. So now other people have it. And it's wrong. And it's wrong. And it's our fault. <laughs> we do not have the Calhoun County New Life Christian Can score, we take the- although it may appear in a newspaper near you tomorrow. <laughs> it's called a disclaimer. It's called check your sources. <laughs> we apologize. We do not have that score. That was a mistake. It got picked up by the Associated Press. Now, we don't know that it was picked up from us, but I will say this by the disclaimer. Three minutes after we posted that score, a new write-through came out from the Associated Press, and that was the only score that was added to it. <laughs> John Raby, if you're listening, we're, we apologize. I'll text John Raby in the morning tell him we're sorry. Yeah, so, okay, here's what we got to do. We'll just have uh, Coach Marone give us the, the boys' winners tonight. We'll have... Uh, James, give us the girls' winners, and then we'll uh, wrap things up, put a bow on it. Looking for your final scoreboard? Look no further than basketballnight.com scoreboard. Here's your boys' winners tonight in high school basketball across the Mountain State. Petersburg gets a win tonight. Shadyside, Ohio. Doddridge County. Steubenville, Ohio. Valley Wetzel gets a win. Union comes out on top. Wheeling Park with a victory. Lincoln. Braxton County, a five-point win tonight over Clay County. Bridgeport, a big win tonight. Buchanan Upshur, 
Polka continues to roll. They get a big win in the Cardinal Conference tonight. Also in boys basketball, Charleston Catholic victorious. Clay Battelle falls to 100. The Hornets with a big win. Fairmont Seniors a winner tonight. Herbert Hoover gets a win tonight. Also on the winner's side of the slate, Martinsburg. A game shortened, but Martinsburg with the victory. Jefferson gets a win tonight. Barnesville, Ohio comes out on top. Also in boys basketball, R.C. Bird with a victory. Nicholas County a winner tonight. Logan a winner tonight. Mann also gets a two-point win tonight over Riverview. Meadow Bridge a victory tonight. Morgantown, a high-scoring affair. They get a win over Park South tonight. Big win for the Mohegans. Mount View victorious tonight. Philip Barber a win. Notre Dame, Clarksburg-Notre Dame a victory tonight. Hayden City comes up short tonight. Magnolia with a victory in that one. Williamstown wins tonight. Roan County a victorious evening for them tonight. Also tonight, Williamstown a five-point win over Park Catholic. Roan County a winner tonight. Scott. Tulsa wins over Wayne tonight. Greenbrier West wins tonight. Greenbrier West, uh, not the only winner tonight. Uh, Wahama falls short. South Galley, Ohio gets a win. Musselman victorious. Wyoming East, a battle Wyoming County, victorious by eight points over Westside. Ritchie County falls to Work County. Pocahontas County, a winner, and Tug Valley, a winner in boys basketball. Now look at the girls' side. All of these winners, Tucker County, St. Albans, Pocahontas County, Roan County, Fayetteville, Greater Beckley Christian, St. Mary's, Mann, Frankfort, Nicholas County, Pikeview, Huntington, Cameron, Greenbrier East, Lincoln, GW, Preston, Shady Spring, South Charleston, Spring Valley, Summers County, and Winfield. That's the final check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Let's go back to Marcus, who has our poll result from three weeks ago. It's the longest-running poll we've ever had on the show, and our new question for this week, and it's unfortunately one that kind of dabs on the serious side. And the three weeks ago poll was also our most popular poll ever, 96 voters. Which girls' basketball team has the best chance of repeating a state champion this year? 52 people, 54% voted St. Joseph Central. 33 people, 34% say Morgantown. And 11 votes, 11% for Sissonville. And as you said, this week's BasketballNight.com poll question, should the Martinsburg-Hedgesville boys basketball rivalry game continue to be played? Yes, keep playing it as it is. No, don't play it. Or keep playing it in an empty gym. The polls are open right now. Head over to BasketballNight.com. You've got until 1145 next Friday to get your vote in. Thank you very much, Marcus. And Guys, another uh, wild night on the the hardwood throughout the state of West Virginia. We cover you from uh, border to border, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, that that one incident yeah, kind of hangs a cloud, but let's not let it hang a cloud over no, great, everything uh, else. Great, great night, of night of basketball. A lot of great uh, rivalry matchups. Coach Marone, welcome back. Happy to have you in the studio, and uh, what a way to kick off 2016. Well, next time I hope I get the memo on the dress code, but it's uh, great to be back, and uh, I'm kind of like the little kid you played the trick on, you know, when you were growing up. I know you go, both of you guys did that. Uh, <laughs> I'm the guy you picked on. Great to be back. Great to be in full swing with the new year, and uh, exciting season uh, in midstream, and uh, looking forward to the home stretch hard to believe that we are already just less than now 11 weeks away from state tournament play beginning 10 weeks away from the girls state tournament doesn't even seem possible i mean we are we are halfway through 
the girls' basketball season, roughly. Not exactly. We're about a week, away, a week away from halfway of, of girls' basketball, so it's, uh, it's going to be a fun time to go. And let's hope the weather holds up. Oh, there's it, the jinx. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for everyone involved here at BasketballNight.com and on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the group in the back, Root Marone, James Collier, myself, Ryan Epling. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2016. All rights reserved.